Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 172. One of the Exceptional Scribble Show. I am your host, Sage, the poet, and I'm coming to you live on Tuesday, July the 11th, the year of 2017. And yes, we are very excited about tonight's show and about tonight's panel, okay? For tonight, let me provide you with a brief itinerary of what tonight's show will present to you. First and foremost, the exclusive interview hour kicks off in about approximately two minutes. That hour is from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m., and sometimes we extend to 9.15. We cater to all callers. Anyone who would like to call in to speak to either the show host, Sage the Poet, moi, or the special guest and feature artist in the spotlight for tonight's show, Mr. Chris Murray, hear what you need to know. The call-in number is 724-444-7444. I repeat. Seven two four 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 seven four four four, and the show has an ID number. So when prompted, you would press the following keys on your phone keypad: one three three one nine three, and then the pound key. I repeat: one three three one. Nine three and then the pound key. Also, if you are not a Talk Shoe member, you do not have a PIN number, so you will be entering the call as a guest. This also applies to you if you join the chat room online. Of course, if you join the chat room, you are connecting with this internet radio show via its server, which is TalkShoe.com. I repeat, www.TalkShoe.com. That is the online server URL. And if you would like to join the chat room, you need to know the show's ID number, which is 133 Nine three, and then the pound key, and next you would enter in as a guest. When you enter in as a guest, whether it is by phone call or via the internet, you would press number one, 
and then press the pound key. I repeat, you would press number one and then press the pound key. You would do that when you are prompted, meaning you will be asked for a PIN number. And if you are not a TalkShoe member, of course, then you would be entering as a guest. That, those are the instructions for how you can join the show, ladies and gentlemen. And I want to give a big welcome to everyone tuned in to the West Coast, because we do have a following on the West Coast, to the East Coast, to the Midwest, we do have a following in the Midwest, to the the U.S., Virgin Islands, we do have a following there, too, and Canada, we have a following there, and all other countries. We welcome you tonight. Thank you for tuning in, and I'm going to further... Uh, and inform you of what tonight's format provides. On tonight, we have a feature artist in the spotlight. He is a sports writer. His name is Chris Murray. Chris Murray is editor of a sports blog, which is entitled The Chris Murray Report. And ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to review the full post, which does provide some bio information about Chris, you can visit on Facebook. You can visit the event page. You would go to episode 171, comma, space, the exceptional scribble show. I repeat, you would do a search under the following title name, episode 171, comma, space, the exceptional scribble show. That will take you to the events page. On the events page, you will see further information about what tonight's show's lineup has to offer you. And yes, we do want to say, welcome back. Queen Zipporah Thelman, our co-host, has returned off of her hiatus. She will be with us immediately following the exclusive hour, the exclusive interview hour. Uh, Her hour will begin. She is the lead facilitator during the free publishing tips hour. As for now, I want to say again, welcome, everyone. At this time, we do have an opening song for tonight's show. It is by Edwin McCain. It is entitled Write Me a Song, after which I will be introducing the feature artist in the spotlight for episode 171 of the Exceptional Scribble Show. Welcome to all. Yeah, 
ladies and gentlemen, write me a song. On the Exceptional Scribble Show, you know we always have an opening song. And, of course, that song by Edward McCain, Write Me a Song, that was our opening song for Episode 171. Now, we're getting down to the main attraction for tonight's show. Again, this is the exclusive interview hour. You can call in. Our topic is blogging, the other writer specialty skill. And we're going to touch on blogging during the exclusive interview hour. I'm going to have, of course, our feature artist to share insight. He has, as a sports writer, he has a blog entitled The Chris Murray Report. And I'm telling you, it's not just sports. He incorporates world news into his blog. And, yes, even though sports is the headliner subject, current events, somehow weave their way into his blog. So for those of you who like to be in the know, you like to stay abreast of what's happening now, you do not want to miss out on the opportunity to check out the Chris Murray Report blog, okay? You can even do a Google search under Chris Murray Report, the Chris Murray Report, and you will find the link which pop up in the list, in the items list. So, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, I am now rolling the red carpet and turning, yes, turning the spotlight on to the feature artist for tonight's show. And before I turn his mic on to begin tonight's interview, I want to give a big shout-out to none other than the muse of the Exceptional Scribble Show. Yes, I want to give a big shout-out to the muse and acknowledge... Yeah. <laughs> welcome, up? welcome. This is, of course, the Quantas MC, Donaldson, full-time, ladies and gentlemen. Donaldson, is there anything on your mind? I'm Quantas. I'm here. Nah, I'm good. I'm just here right now. I just wanted to show up, you know, and uh, make a presence. we got three people on the call right now, me, you, and someone else, Southeast Michigan, I think, or uh, Massachusetts. Yeah, where are they? Where, where the are they? Your artist, uh, Chris Murray. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get ready and start an interview. Cool. Yeah. yeah so. Then how we do. I'm running around the town right now on my bike. I had to get a new bicycle. So uh, basically, I have the new bike, not the old bike. Uh, and okay. so I'm just kind of like uh, moving and shaking. I apologize for the delay. But again, I'm going to be heading to the cafe right now and sit okay. down and come back on. I look forward to listening. I'm going to be listening and paying attention so I, you know. And how's know that what? weather out there where you are? You're in uh, San Francisco, right? Territory called San Francisco. I'm in. The, I'm a. It's nice weather right now. Uh, it, there's no clouds in the sky except for we got the fog, the usual fog creeping over the horizon uh, from oh, the west. Oh, okay. The usual fog. So yeah, absolutely. It comes in the late, later in the evening. We get a little fog. Okay. 
Well, well, thanks for that update. We're glad to know the weather's beautiful, and happy biking to you. Enjoy that beautiful weather out there. Hey, thanks a lot. I need, I need it. Wish me well on my way back, uh, you know, to where I'm going, because, uh, you know, when you're biking through the city, it's really dangerous. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got, so. got you covered. I, I'll be listening. Bye, Thank sir. you. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was, of course, the Quantas MC. Donaldson Photon, he is the third will, and he is the inspiration of the Exceptional Scribble Show. You can't get no better than inspiration. All right, at this time, I'm rolling the red carpet, turning the spotlight on to our feature artist and special guest for episode 171. Again, this is July the 11th on a terrific Tuesday. And we're going to get this exclusive interview hour up and hopping. Welcome, Chris Murray. How are you, Fran? Thanks for having me on. Uh, You are, of course, a much, much preferred special guest. We've been waiting to have you back on this panel for quite some time. And we are following your blog. We love reading it. Your blog has so much to offer its readers. I mean, we know, of course, you're a sports writer, but somehow, some way, you you are able to incorporate and to weave into your sports writing current events, issues pertaining to current events and world news. Can you kind of share with our listening audience first, give them a brief bio intro, uh, some, tell them some special things about yourself, and then um, introduce us all to the Chris Murray Report, because we definitely want to focus on that, because our topic for tonight, of course, is all about blogging, the other okay. writer specialty skill. Okay. Well, what I can give you, I can give you my brief, my brief background. Um I, for for a long time, long time um, print journalist, um, I started, oh, well, actually my whole journalism career, if you talk about broadcast, started in 1984 when I was a um, news reporter for WEAA Radio at Morgan State University. And then I went to graduate school at Michigan State and I got into print journalism and I worked in Michigan and um, I worked for Army Times newspaper, I freelance for the WashingtonPost.com and um, for Community College Week and some other publications. Then I became the sports editor for a Washington Post weekly-owned paper called the Gazette Newspapers and took some took some time off of journalism where I got my master's, second master's in, um, in African-American studies, and then I worked at the Philadelphia Tribune for about five years. Now I've been freelancing for the Philadelphia Sunday Sun um, ever since, and I've had my blog since 2006, almost 11 years. And so it's been it's been pretty good. It's been a good ride. Um, my background as a blogger come, really comes from my my career as a journalist. I mean, and I try mm-hmm. to run it as, as as you know as I would. You know, I try to be accurate. I try to you know get make sure facts are correct and all that. And I, and I do try to do like the journalistic aspect where you interview sources and and you incorporate incorporate those things in. Um, I also, uh, when it comes, you asked a question about me incorporating current events and current issues. A lot of times, sports kind of reflects 
you know, what's going on in the society. And I've taught, I've taught a course in sport in American society, how, especially how the, about the African-American experience in sports. And so recently we, 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 we just put out a piece about um, African-American fans and the whole Colin Kaepernick thing. Colin Kaepernick was a player from the former, um, he was formerly of the San Francisco 49ers. Right. Who did the, um, who protested the national anthem out of, you know, to you know, the focus on the police killings and injustice towards African-Americans and how he's been kind of blackballed by the league and by the NFL owners. And one of the things we talked about is, you know, this this whole thing, how it reflects on race and, and society. And, uh, and I also mentioned that I, I also um, host a, a radio show on WURD radio um, on Saturdays from 11 to 1 talking about sports. So we talk about a lot of societal issues. But as a blogger, I tend to write, as a matter of fact, I write a story tonight. I tend to write stuff both for the Philadelphia Sunday Sun and the blog. And a lot of times, you know, I, I include a lot of times, the paper takes what's in the blog and puts it on their paper because they pay me for it. But mm. the thing is, um, either you know, like I say, I blog about sports mainly. Sometimes I put social issues. Sometimes I write columns about issues outside of sports. But this is what I do, and um, I don't see myself as a blogger in the classic sense. I'm a I'm a classically trained journalist. I'm a I'm a trained. You know, I went to school. I have a, I have a journalism degree. And so, you know, I try to, you know, adhere to the principles of good journalism, you know, making sure stories are accurate, quotes are accurate, and making sure that we have facts. If we're writing a column or an opinion piece, that we at least try to back up things with facts. Okay. Thank you for making that clear. You are a classically trained journalist, correct? Yes, I am. And I think that that should be noted and for our listening audience I just want to ask in regards to um uh coming forth and doing a blog about sports something that you are passionate about um mm-hmm. what were some of the I would I would say what were some of the challenges that you encountered well I I mean when I when I first started the blog um, I was still a reporter of the Philadelphia Tribune. And um, sometimes the only challenge is, is that for me, you know, sometimes and there was there was, there was some lulls this year that I didn't publish anything because I was out busy doing something else. I was, I'm, I'm also an English instructor at, at Bowie State University. So it's just um, some of the things that I write. Um, the challenge is just basically finding good stories, you know, trying to find a good piece. Um, like I say again, a lot of times I, I take things that I've published and and I put it onto the blog, you know, just so I can give it an extra audience and everything. And so just trying to find good stories and good things to write about. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, just it's just trying to distribute the blog everywhere. You know, when I when I first, when the, when the, when the story hits the press, what I call hitting the press, I basically try to, you know, copy it out to other aspects of other places on social media. Because it automatically, as soon as it publishes, it automatically goes out on Twitter. It goes out on Facebook, and then I and then I basically 
put it on the walls of different groups and individuals on Facebook. So, you know, it's just, you know, it's always a challenge of getting your stuff out there and having somebody to, you know, which is and also trying to find people who to get those clicks and everything, to find people to look at it. Sometimes it's hard to market. And then, too, I don't mark, I haven't, you know, in recent times, I just, you know, I have so many hats that I wear that, you know, I try to, you know, I, I want to get it out there to people and all that. So what I'm trying to do is apply my own marketing strategy is to you know, also pump up my radio show because I think I'm going to put some stuff from my radio shows on, on there as well, you know, so they can, so people can kind of, you know, look at, you know, really listen to the radio shows that I do on WURD. That's part of the blog because I'm talking to people and that's also part of the story. So, okay. so that's that's where I am. And I'm going to ask you uh, two questions, but the first one is, now you are an English instructor, and you said an English instructor at? Adjunct professor at Bowie State University. Okay, and an adjunct English professor at Bowie. Could you spell Bowie for us? Because not all of us are excellent in spelling. <laughs> and I figure as a okay, journalist, yeah. that may be one of your strengths. <laughs> so could you spell okay. The name okay, Bowie Bowie State University. Thank you. B-O-W-I-E, Bowie, or it looks like it's Bowie, but it's really Bowie State University. Okay, Bowie State. It's, it's, yeah, and University. it's in Maryland. Yeah, it's in Bowie, Maryland, uh-huh. outside of Washington, D.C. Now, so, um, did you share with everyone, as of yet, um, where you were born as far as what which city? Which uh, town location? Okay, town. I'm a native of I'm a native of, of Baltimore, Maryland. I, I've um, mm-hmm. been living and I've been in the Philadelphia area since 2003 when I was in grad school at Temple. And um, you know, Philadelphia and Baltimore are kind of alike in many ways. They're they're kind of this I wouldn't say the same city, but they have row houses and only thing the streets are a little bit bigger in Baltimore, but you know, they're similar, mm-hmm. similar the same. Similar, similar, similar cities and whatnot. And so, uh, you know, I grew up there, but I also lived in Michigan. I've lived in Wisconsin. I lived in Washington D.C. And yeah. matter of fact, before I moved up here, I was living in D.C. So, and I lived in Virginia. So, you know, I, I've, I've, I've had, I've done my share of living in life. Okay. Now, um, in terms of, uh, you may mention that in in regards. To some challenges that you encountered uh, when it was um, the time as you were launching your blog, and you said that it is always a challenge to get people to read your published work. So to enhance your marketing strategy, what were some things that you found worked for you? And this is for those in the audience that are new to blogging and they okay. want to be successful. What what things would you say you found were uh, very good marketing strategies and they worked for you? Well, I would say, number one, the content, you know, write controversial stories. Um, that helps out a lot. I did a piece, I did a piece on um, a few years ago about the football player who came out, came out as gay and that got a lot of, a lot of hits. The thing uh-huh. is, is just to be consistent coming out um, also, you, you you know, use social media 
get as much social media time as you as you need. You have to pump your stories out and get your, your stories out to your followers, and then in turn we'll find some other. And I also find that people, I got about three or 4,000 followers. It's small, but, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, you you get your, you just get your stuff out every day. Be good, be consistent, avoid spelling errors. You know, do you know, do the normal things. Come up with some good good stories and good columns and good opinion pieces, whatever it is you're doing. You know, give, give the audience something that they're not going to get in the mainstream media. And so, you know, always good to have good, you know, good interviews, and talking to people like that, so it's always good, you know. And you can do a variety of things with a blog. You can make an audio ball blog out of it. You can do video. You can. You know, it's always good to have pictures too. Always good to oh, have yeah. pictures in your blog. So, so those are some things. Those are some little things. I'm not a millionaire at it yet, but you know, people. I, I get people. <laughs> hey, you're definitely on your way. Because one thing's for sure, you connect with a large audience, and even by you coming on tonight's panel, uh, you are connecting with a large audience. We have a lot of people calling in. So what mm-hmm. I'm going to do, there was one more thing you, you mentioned about, which is pictures, and I understand that you are a photographer. Well, I take some of my pictures. I don't take all of them. I mean, <laughs> I take some of them. I take some of them. It depends. I mean, sometimes what happens is, you know, we, we cover events, and sometimes we don't have an official photographer. So, you know, I use my iPhone. And that's another thing. You know, you can create video video blogs and stuff on your iPhone. And, you know, there are, things, there are ways you can do it. I haven't done that function in a while. And uh, I'm going to see. I think I'm going to try to do it. I think I'm going to try to do it for one for, for during NFL football community Eagles training camp. And I'm going to try to do like a video thing. I'm going to do like a video wrap to it and then, and then, edit, and then edit my video and all that. So, that's how I'm going to do mm-hmm. that. So, All right, so ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here live from our feature artist, Chris Murray. Use your iPhones as for technology devices that will grant you the privilege of taking awesome photography. And also, video blogs can be created. So thank you, Chris. I'm sure somebody out there, you know, they have their iPhone. It's um, always in use, but they've never used it, like mm-hmm. the recommending. Uh, right. This so thank you for that recommendation. It's always good to get good recommendations from professionals that are getting it done, ladies and gentlemen. So those of you taking notes, make sure you write that down. That's a good piece of information. And thanks for providing uh, ways in which we can enhance our marketing strategy because this show also caters to the literary artist community, which are your uh-huh. uh, poets, your uh, uh, novelists, fiction writers, and so forth. So that was helpful. <laughs> okay. That was so helpful, the um, uh, marketing strategies that work, which you did provide. So I want to say thank you for that. So we're going to now um, acknowledge our, our callers this evening. I want to say hello to um, Oregano. I see you in the chat room. Um, hello to, we have someone, um, we have Master Scribe from Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome, Master Scribe. Hey, little sister. How you doing? 
Hey, I am doing fine. I have this awesome feature artist in the spotlight tonight by the name hey, of I'm, Murray. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. Hey, look, I'm not going to stay long. I just mm-hmm. came in. I really came in to hear the guest speak. Okay. And I, 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 I have a ton of things to do. I really do. My new class started th- today, and another on my Thank other you. class started oh. Sunday, and it's a lot of reading. I'm doing the ethics part of this uh, clinical social work and uh, ethical law at the clinical social work. So, My goodness. You know, one of the last Heavy subject matter there. Yeah, and it requires a lot of scholarly (laughs) research and Mm -hmm. everything else, plus posting three times, posting twice to the blackboard and then uh, answering, responding to two blackboard uh, people that's there. So it's almost like doing a block, too, you know. But okay. It's a a lot of work, and I just wanted to come through and acknowledge my baby sister and tell her I love her. I and that. and to acknowledge your guest, yes. you know, and 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 say hello to him, and you know, just we just wanted to just come out and just like sit a little, sit a little bit and listen to the content and okay. stuff, you know, um, and just you know, just acknowledge, you know, the whole exceptional scribble, you know, you my sister and I have to come through like I do when I can. Yes. Support you, you know what I'm saying, and I wish, and I really wish the community would just come out and support you because you have so much information and you have so many talented people that come through here with so much pertinent information that they can grow from, and that's Mm -hmm. the reason why I stopped in because I want to hear what these fabulous knowledgeable, intellectual people have to say. And mm-hmm. people that, you know, and this is, and, and I'm going to say this, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this straight flat out. We as black people continue to blame other races of people for mm-hmm. our economic status or our, what's going on in our hood, we blame other races of people. Mm-hmm. And then they wonder why the Koreans and the Japanese and the Indians and the, uh, all these foreign people come in our neighborhoods and set up shop and, and open stores and stuff in our neighborhoods is because they don't come to shows like these to learn to get the information. Mm-hmm. You understand? Like the brother got a blog. They don't go and mm-hmm. go support the blog. You know, I'm going to go, me personally, I'm going to go soon and support his blog. Oh, you know, he would love it. The brother has some very pertinent things to say. Great content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, you know, and this is the reason, one of the reasons why we don't grow because we listen to what other races of people say, but we don't never go support our own. own. You're right. And I see it, you know, but yet we we get up and we complain. Mm -hmm. We complain Mm -hmm. because we don't got this, and they're not doing this for us. God dang, when you're going to realize that ain't nobody going to do nothing for you, you got to do it for you. Mm. And that means if you want somebody to do something, get involved in the community. That's right. Period. Get involved, people. Stay engaged, too. Some of us, we like, you know, we do that putting your foot in the water and taking it out. We don't 
dive in. You know what I mean? We don't stay nah, engaged. We don't do it no more. And this is the whole purpose of why. This is the whole purpose of why I went back to school to get my degree in clinical social work and mm-hmm. drug intervention because the drugs is ravaging our communities, and mm-hmm. we and, and some of our people don't know where to go get help. And they don't want to get go get help because they're afraid that they're going to get locked up if they violate it and all that stuff. See, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. My job as a clinical social worker is to counsel people and, and put them in a position where they can get the resources that they need. Yes. And so that's that's my whole thing, you know. That's my whole thing. So, you know, this, this is where I'm at yeah. in my life right now. I'll get... I guess because maybe I'm a, I'm a little bit older and I'm a little bit wiser, you know. So it's time to you're a wise back, man, yes, indeed. <laughs> time to put back what we help destroy, mm-hmm. you know. Because I did a lot of dirty stuff in the course of me growing up. You know what I'm saying? I had to. I left home at 13. I had to. I had to get out hey. there and hustle, and I had to do everything in the book to survive. And I don't have to do that because I have resources that put me on another level and more resources that I learn how to acquire and how to break into. I can come back and give it back to my community and say, this is what you got to do to get this. This is what you need to do to get I that. Ain't nobody going to give you nothing. Yeah. As long as you're standing out here on the corner selling dope, you're not going to make no progress. The only progress that you're going to make is in a casket or into the penitentiary. Mm-hmm. Simple, simple. It's that's the whole truth. The whole truth. So it's the reality of it, you know. So, but anyway, I'm ready to listen a little bit more before I cut out on you. All right, all right. Well, oh no, let me, let me, let me say something to the brother. Yeah, Chris. Chris. Me, uh, Chris. Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, this let is me, uh, Mr. Me, Boston speaking. That's his one of his pen names, also Master Scribe, which is one of his crowns that he has earned. So um, he's got some words for you, my brother. I'm just going to put it in this term. I saw your tactical verbal word display. Mm -hmm. Having a sense of what is considered in dealing with others. So I come to your space without being perfidious, tending to betray. Mm -hmm. So I came out of the moments of procrastinate without postponing, but doing what one should be doing. Oh, by the way, I have no space for being rancorous, Mm. showing deep-seated resentment. My mind isn't Mm -hmm. anachronistic, chronologically misplaced. So I place Mm -hmm. this being encapsulate to surrender under agreed conditions without being deleterious, harmful to living things, neither being innovating causing weakness or debilitation. I just wanted to arrive long enough to be a part of your verbal soup ever since, intending to vanish like vapor in the playground of wordplay, never being insequential or lacking worth or importance, yet imbued on the path of ostentatious, intended to attract notice and impress others just for this quick moment to support you. But you already know the extent of the Taurus bull. He's tenacious, stubbornly unyielding. 
But just being in the company of artists with the outstanding caliber, such as you, I become verbal right next to you, vulnerable, and profoundly honored. And that's Mr. Boston, a.k.a. Master Scribe, speaking to my brother. Oh, I appreciate that. That's uh, that, 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 that's wonderful sentiment. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I just had to come out and do what we do best, support. Mm-hmm. We support Be in you. unity. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I'm just going to sit back and listen for a minute before I cast off and have to get on this blackboard and <laughs> post these 450 50 word responses. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm. Well, we all love right. that. We love this. We love this. This is what it's all about writers uh, inspiring one another, supporting each other. And that's another reason why the platform here was created. So thank you again, Mr. Boston. Yes. Thank you, Indeed. Master. Um, and Chris Murray, we are returning to um, asking questions. If anyone has any questions, um, also, I want to say to uh, the muse and inspiration of the Exceptional Squibble Show, he is one of the hosts as well. He does the music and beat creations and also provides a lot of law or legal uh, dogma insights. I'm referring to, of course, <laughs> MC, a.k.a. Uh, Donaldson Photon. Do you have... Uh, so would you have anything that you might want to ask our feature artists in the spotlight regarding our topic, which is blogging, the other writing specialty, or just in general about journalism, because that has been his career uh, since 1984. So he has over 25 years in journalism. <laughs> Where do I start? I mean, <laughs> let's let's be honest. With that uh, kind of introduction, I need to think about my questions, <laughs> right? Uh, no what's the gentleman? What is the uh, gentleman's name again? The the guest? Uh, Chris Murray, and he does. Chris have Murray, yeah. For you have time, please check it out. The Chris Murray you know what? Report is the name of his blog. It is available online. I honestly, I feel like I'm catching up to to the likes of. Chris and so many other people that are out there, and I'm 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 still far away from being to the level of of manifestation uh, as, as these people are with regard to writing and uh, journalism. I mean, I've had my thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and but I always like to go with the flow. And I would like to, I guess, I guess if I had to ask a question to uh, to uh, your to Chris Murray, I would ask, um, does he ever get confused for Keith Murray's brother? Can I just say that again? Do you ever get confused for Keith? Do ever do anyone ever ask you, are you Keith Murray's brother? Uh, Murray's, Keith Murray. No, no, I don't know. I have. You don't know who don't Keith know. Murray is? No, I do not. He's a, okay. He's a dope MC. Uh, he does, meaning like, as in, when I say the word dope, I mean it's a descriptive word. Uh, yeah. He's a dope MC. Um, uh, I, 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 
Can you name anything by him? Like, is he a dope MC? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, 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 and pop culture or just a dope MC that's local in your town you know, that everybody knows? Or, you know, can you give us a little more background? Because maybe that might help jog someone's memory. Right. Uh, yeah, that, that's the thing about it is that uh, I actually don't have – I just wanted to ask him the question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't – I don't know Chris I, Murray. Is. I, 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 I don't know Keith Murray. I don't know. So you want to check? Hey, look, why not? It was kind of it was kind of a joke. Yeah, but Keith Murray, Keith Murray. Let me let me do this real quick, you guys. I'm going to uh, I'm going to YouTube him real quick. Okay, I mean that's cheesy, but I want to say hello oh. real quick to Master Scribe, mm-hmm. uh, and then also say that was pretty cool what he just did for for you, Chris. Um, that was that was really I okay. Think that. That was, yeah, thank I mean, you, my brother. Thank the writer's yeah. writer's gift right there. That was special. That was a special writer's gift presentation by Master Scribe. Awesome so, job, okay. Master Scribe. Oh, you guys know who uh, EPMD is, right? I remember their rap group from I think the eighties. I want to say I remember EPMD. Yeah. All right, Chris Murray. That's what I'm talking about. He knows his eighties artists. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, EPMD. You know, Keith Murray is a part of that, aka the most beautifulest vocal vocal uh, uh, vocalist. Okay. See, there you go. Jog our memory there. We remember. (laughs) Hey, he stole that from me. (laughs) Did he? (laughs) He stole that. (laughs) He stole that from me. You know, he I, I, he came up on stage when he was a little boy when I was with the last four. <laughs> oh. Right. Hey, see. Yeah, see, we yeah, keep forgetting um, Mass described them, been with a lot of these people. He even gave us one time we had him on the show his feel of when he spent time in um, the same city with Tupac and, and some things, some insights you shared that you knew about um, Tupac from on a personal basis. Yeah. And that was a, a bit of a surprise for many people. See, a lot of people didn't know. <laughs> can't tell it all. You can't tell it all. You got to be able to. You got to have something left for the for the life story book. You know. And this is yeah, yeah. And this is actually good that we brought up the uh, the issue of Keith Murray. Then I guess we could go into maybe that's a good question. You know, is uh, is, uh yeah. how do you you know Tupac? What? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Oh yeah. man, what energy! Wait, did, did, is, is, let me ask I, you this before you say anything: Is he still alive? Does he live in Middle Earth? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's I'm the number say one this. question right there. Everybody I'm gonna say this much: There's so con- so much controversy behind Tupac that the controversy creates dollars. Okay, it mm-hmm. creates dollars. It creates money. So it's, the man is being exploited. For fact, mm. for truth, he's been exploited. But Tupac is not on this earth, okay? Mm-hmm. He is not on this earth, okay? For sure, he's not on this earth. And it's just that the media has taken advantage of of what has happened, what has transpired, and they keep things going and going and going. Every once in a while, you'll, something will jump up. Uh, I seen Tupac in Cuba. I seen Tupac in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, mm-hmm. you did, huh? Okay, 
You may have saw somebody that looked like, looked him, like him, but you didn't see Tupac. You didn't see Tupac. Tupac is not on this earth, okay? Just remember that. He's not here. In spirit, most definitely, most definitely, his legacy is going to carry on for the next 50 years. And they are building his legacy because now college campuses are having mm-hmm. classes, yeah. having, have instructions on Tupac. You know, so that legacy is going to live for a long time to come. He is the modern-day Malcolm X. He's the modern-day Muhammad Ali. He's the modern-day Tucson, you know. He's that modern-day. There's just no way, two ways around it. You know, the man brought what was happening in the inner cities to life, and he put it front and center, period, you know. Well, said. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, I want uh, Chris Murray to kind of get shed some light on that because I know he's he being a blog writer, he's always um, publishing news, always publishing news and distributing it via social media, and he's always getting feedback. So, Chris, can you um, touch on that too? Because I think when we start writing books about people and making movies about people, let alone we know when you um, capture anything in essence in art or in music, it immortalizes a thing. So can you touch on how you, as a journalist, as a blogger, maybe you had the privilege of interviewing uh, Tupac at some time or uh, you wrote something about him, can you kind of touch on some insights that you have? Uh, well, I've never, I've never had the opportunity to interview Tupac. Other than the fact what I know about Tupac, he went, he did go to high school at the Baltimore School for the Arts with my younger sister. Oh, that's sister. right, Baltimore. Yeah, that Baltimore. Yeah, and so, and so that's one thing. But I, I've interviewed a lot of athletes and a lot of, and I've interviewed mm-hmm. some artists. I know I, I interviewed Leela James, who's up and coming soul singer a few mm-hmm. years ago. And um, I've interviewed you. Matter of fact, Prince, you remember when we interviewed Kerry Washington. Uh, Washington? That's how and we so, met. Yep, that's how we met. You're both you um, interviewing her for a different paper at the time, and we just connected from that day and stayed connected since then. Right. 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 And so, you know, but I think that. Plus, on my radio show now, I interview lots of people talking about a lot of things, you know, whether they're, whether they're athletes or whether they are, um, you know, people who are in the business who have interviewed other people. And, and and as far as I'm concerned, I mean, it's always, you know, you always get good insights from people. I would have liked to have interviewed Tupac Shapur, um and the impact that he, he, he has on, on um, on young people. I mean, there were a lot of other artists, you know, public enemy people like that, and and you know, just all over the place. But there are a lot of people who talk about these, these artists, and you know, a lot of times artists leave. You know, what, what you leave is your message. You leave something. You know, you may not be here physically, like Tupac will will will, will, will transcend time just because of some of his insights now. The contradiction of Tupac's career, at least in my mind, you all can disagree or disagree, is the fact that he had a lot of profound insight that I think could, should have been pushed out more 
instead he talked about a lot of the things, you know, a lot of the gangster stuff or whatever you want to call it. And he talked about a lot of that. And that was a contradiction, knowing who he is, who his, who his, who his mom is, and all that. And so, you know, I was the the the, the shame of I, the shame of of um, his his murder and his death was that he had a lot more to give. And it's always tragic when an artist of his caliber uh, leaves the earth. I mean, I say the same thing about Jimi Hendrix. I would say the same thing about Prince. You know, mm-hmm. people like that who leave the earth and and they're gone. And but they leave something of themselves. But you always find yourself wanting for more. Mm. I hear you. So well, I appreciate you answering that so sincerely. Mm. And also, um, I want to say that I I uh, I know I didn't mean to ask such a sensitive question because it is a sensitive subject matter. And so I want to show respect for Tupac and his family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. I was just thinking, um, you know, his mother most recently uh, has transitioned, so she's no longer here with us in physical form, that is. Um, we know that energy lives on, spirit lives on, so she yet is alive, but no longer in this form, physically speaking. Um, we do want to acknowledge the fact being, I believe she was the only one that was kin to Tupac that rightfully, legally speaking, became inherit and and well inherited his estate. So with her passing, um, I'm thinking that kind of helped promote this interest of people wanting to know is Tupac still alive? What has become of his legacy? Who's going to control affairs regarding his estate? I think the interest escalated post her physical demise. Because it seemed to me like right after uh, the news got out that his mother had transitioned. Next thing you know, you're hearing about this movie and this and that and the other about to uh, come out and a whole lot of other um, things. The movie's you know, already come, sorry. Some stuff. So um, I think that kind of helped promote the interest, the public interest in um, what's up with Tupac's legacy, what's going on there, and so forth. Um, also, I believe it's um, uh, Asada Shakur um, as well. Uh, she was exiled to Cuba. Um, now we're getting into political prisoners <laughs> and activism. I want to get too too far away from the subject and topic tonight, but hey, look, life. Um, but you know, there's that connection there, too. And now with this rise with the black power movement in America, you know, there's that consciousness heightened where um, human rights, activism, social justice reform, and activism in general. Conscious. Sorry, yeah, I had to. Conscious, consciousness, <laughs> again, is in the spotlight, per se. You know, everybody's getting mad, you know, and everybody's fed up with the system and, 
You know, we want change, and we want it now. You know, when do you, we want justice? When do you want it now? You know, we can't wait no more. You know, so we're going to go out, we're going to hit the streets, we're going to protest, we're going to do this and that. And we're seeing that there's all of this rebel, rebel, or resist, resist uh, energy now that's being hyped. It's escalating. But my concern in, in everything is this. Let us not lose focus that we the people have power. I think sometimes when you take on a victim attitude or that victim mentality, sometimes you can get a bit irrational. Let us not become mad where we're just out of control mad. Let us control, have that self-control, be angry, but maintain that temperance so that we can think clearly and as that saying goes, you educate, once you educate, you organize, once you organize, you mobilize. You got to right. do things in decency and in order. Let's not forget that, people. But, yeah, it's time to start doing. Because I think, you know, we kind of got a little comfortable, like we were talking about the 80s, because things started getting better. You know, we started getting the bling bling. We started becoming multi-millionaires. A lot of black-owned businesses popping up. Um, you got Simmons, Russell Simmons, different ones, different things going on within the black community, and different artists that once was rappers now they business owners and moguls, and you know, so you start seeing the success stories in the limelight. But we got to remember, we still have not overcome the struggle as a whole in America, and we've got to stay united as a people, and we've got to proactive, not reactionary. We've been reactionary for a long time, but it's time to get proactive. That means you got to think, strategize, educate, organize, and then we can mobilize. Yeah, that's, you know, that that's interesting, Fran, you say that because, you know, I was watching the last election, and I'm not going to give you who. Yeah, I got my headphones. I don't give yeah, right. Because I got my headphones. Uh, oh, no problem. I hear some some background, but we're going to get that out. Go ahead, yeah. Chris, and then. Yeah, no, what what I was saying, you know, I was watching. One of the things that, that kind of, you know, infuriated me about the last election cycle was that people got emotional, you know, about everything, whether or not they were for or against. And I don't know. I think that you made you make an interesting point that people do have to become proactive in these processes. I mean, for example, um, I think that whatever politician you support, I mean, you know, you support, even though you may have voted for them, you may even like them, but you still have to light a fire under them to make them support your issues. You have to hold elected officials and people who say they're, you know, they have your interest at heart, you have to hold them accountable and make sure that they do. You have to follow what's going on in terms of who makes the laws and things mm-hmm. of that nature because a lot of times people, it's easy to get proactive. Like I said, the thing, the last election infuriated me on all sides of whether you voted for Hillary, Bernie, or Trump or anything. A lot of people... Mm-hmm you know, basically bothered me in this election in that, you know, 
I voted for who I voted for simply because mainly because I didn't, and I I voted in the, in the general election to keep the other guy out, you know, simply as simply as that because I I kind of felt like you know there there's certain people like for example Trump people like that I don't think they have people's best interests at heart and they only want to support rich people but poor people have to be able to you know maneuver the politicians even though even the ones who say they support them they have to basically let their voices be heard and and make their voice you got to make I don't, you know, I don't trust politicians, but you have to make them be responsive to you. And if you do that, you, you can you can do that through protests, but you can also do that through calling up their offices, finding out how they voted, That's um, right. give, you know, you, you know, sending out emails and stuff like yeah. that. I'm sorry if I went too long. No, no, no. Sorry. You just hit on something that most within the community aren't doing, um, and I wish that you could just restate those words about uh, how we need to start calling our senators, our local uh, senators and representatives, and we need to start literally challenging um, a lot of these uh, uh, persons in power about these causes they're supporting and how they're voting when they have their uh, time to vote. We need to start challenging them. We need to start demanding from them because if you're a registered voter, there's no reason why not. Um, demanding from them answers, demanding from them support because they are literally supposed to function as a public servant. And a lot of them are so far removed from that functionality in their actions, it's a disgrace that we're not demanding from them justice and that they serve us in the way that they said they are and would. Right. And, and you have to make your voice known. I don't care what political party you're affiliated with, I mean, but you have to be organized and you have to just, you know, get those letters. This is why I say we talk about writing blogs and writing and everything. You know, you can write letters, you can send emails, to your congressman or your or your city council rep or your block captain or something like that, and really make your voice heard. Give them a call. You, mm-hmm. you know they have phone numbers, and if people mass call these people on a regular basis saying we have these demands, they're going to have to listen. And mm-hmm. one of the things you know, you know, I was I was arguing with a person on Facebook who was saying we shouldn't support this party or that party, and I'm saying. The problem is is that you can't be out of the game, but whatever side you back, you have to understand we, we neither have permanent friends or permanent enemies, and you have to be engaged and involved because you can say this party is taking us for granted and that party is taking us for granted, but you gotta you got to make sure that they don't take you for granted. And the reason why certain parties or any political entities take people for granted is because they don't make their demands heard. I mean, when you talk, we had the health care debate a few years ago, I didn't see any mm. black community groups, anybody out there, because health care mm-hmm. affects us more than anyone. And mm. I didn't see any of our people out there protesting or out there urging Barack Obama, who was the president at the time, mm-hmm. to say, hey, look, we need this type of health care. Those are the little things, you know, that we have to do I mean, it seems like it's you know, right. I, I you know, I, I know politicians are corrupt, but we still have the power to make them 
you know, like I said, we band together, we organize together, and really hold folks accountable. But we don't do that, and that's and that's a problem. Mm, you hit some key points, uh, Chris. I'm hoping everyone listening is taking this information tonight. What you're hearing from Chris, what you're hearing from Master Scribe, what you're hearing from uh, the Muse of the Exceptional Scribble Show, our inspiration. Uh, Quantism, see what you're hearing from all on this panel tonight. It is soul food. This is good food for thought and a lot of information that's relevant. And if you take it to heart and do something about it, like don't just hear this good news and write information. Make good use of it because why? The community needs you. Um, each and every one of us have a role in our community. Each and every one of us functions in a role in our community which helps the community as a community helper. If we don't acknowledge what our role is and we don't do what we need to do, our community will crumble. And right now we cannot allow that to happen. Our community needs to be rebuilt. So let's start taking our roles more seriously, and let's be assertive, as was mentioned. We need to start communicating with our local representatives and council persons. Why? Because they are in those seats for a reason, and you and I and and the future is their reason. They are, like, in key positions as movers and shakers, to plan out the welfare of us. So we should be in communication with them often. A lot of us, we've stopped voting because we got so disgruntled and so frustrated about candidates not seemingly servicing our needs. Well, that's not the correct stance to take. It's time to make them accountable. And if you are in the arena, if you are doing the do, per se, you can help in that process. But if you are out of sync and just not involved, you can't do much of nothing. You're like an armchair revolutionary just sitting and talking about, I don't like, I hate, I can't stand, this is wrong, this needs to change. Somebody need to fix this. That is lack a daisical, laid back, non active or inactive revolution. That's not a solution. So unless you stay engaged, you're not a part of the solution. It's about staying engaged. And we can do it, we can make a difference. Um one thing I can say about President Barack Obama, I did hear some updates about the Promise Keepers um, and how it has benefited. There's the Mantua, I believe, section in the city of Philadelphia. There's a certain programming that the Promise Keepers has um, funded within the city of Philadelphia, which is really helping. So, And that's, um, of course, aimed towards our young um, minority males and the youth, and that's a good thing. So President Barack Hussein Obama II 
may not have been able to change the world, but he has done enough to make some very significant changes in the lives of our youth and different people. And we've got to keep that in mind. No one person can fix everything that's wrong or broke within the system. It takes each and every one of us. I love that song by John Legend in Common because it, it, it sheds light on the fact it takes the wisdom of our elders and the energy of our youth. And I love that line in that song, Glory. Because a lot of times we want the glory, we want to see change, we want change now, but we are not united. There's still gaps in the community. We got to get these gaps going, ladies and gentlemen. I know I'm not using the most proper grammar right now, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. We understand you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, Francine, I, I, I've, I've always said this, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm reiterating on what you said. President Obama is one man; he can't, one man can't fix everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm a believer in this: no ten presidents or no twenty presidents can fix what has been set in stone. Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer in this. We can't fix anything. We can only create things that take the power out of the things that they use to break us. Mm. Period. Mm. Yes, yes. We can't fix anything. We can create things that take the power out of what they use to break something. Right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I would I would that that's that's an interesting thought. But and the thing is, you know, it, it's gonna have to come from the bottom up rather than the mm. top down. Uh-oh. Because Uh-oh. because, you know, you know, years ago W. E. B. Du Bois talked about um, you know, the talent tenth and as he evolved through his life, I think he can, uh, some of the writings that I've picked up over the years, especially late in his life, he came to the conclusion that 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 talent is going to have to come from the people from the bottom, not, you know, not the people who are, I guess, like a super genius or something like that. But we're going to have to, I mean, the people are going to have to affect change. The people have to be aware. And the people... Absolutely. And, and, and but at the same time, you know, be emotional, be passionate, but also keep keep a clear head. Don't hate your enemies, you know. This even even if they're your enemies, but you still have to keep a clear head to fight them. Martin Luther King realized that because because Doctor King Doctor King knew that the Southern segregationists and even the people who didn't say anything were were enemies. But one of the things he did was. He kept a clear head. He talked to those in power. If there's a criticism that I have of some of the younger people's movements, maybe black, I like Black Lives Matter, but uh-huh. if there's a criticism that I have of them, 
is there's a reluctance to just meet with these people because they're afraid they don't want to see as a photo op. You don't have to take a photo, but you have to be in the room to talk to these people. They may not agree with you and they may not, you know, but you have to let your voice be heard to say, hey, look, this is a problem. You have to deal with it. And But you have to do it, but you also have to be strategic. You also, the the, the thing is, and, you know, I, I found on Facebook when I argue with people on these things, you know, people people keep saying that they have different ideas, but I think right now we're living in, in, in some emotionally difficult times. And, you know, like I said, I think racism is on the rise thanks to this new president, and people are just, people aren't seeing things, I mean, people are seeing things more or less from an emotional end, and I'm not blaming them for that, but it's hard, you have, in tough times, yes, you're going to be angry, but you also have to keep your head. You also have to understand, you know, not, you know, like I said, who your friends are, who your enemies are, and sometimes you may have to, you know, work one against the other. You know, you may have to, you know, figure out ways to maneuver around, but you got to keep the strategy. You got to keep your head going. That was that when that was the point. of when King, we talk about nonviolence. He wasn't being passive and all that, but he was just saying, let's you know, let let's confront the society not in a violent way, but in a way that we can create dialogue to create change. And that's, absolutely, that's, and and that's where we have to be. All right. Well, I want to say thank you for this wholesome interview, Chris Murray. Mm -hmm. And I want to say to you, of course, we are keeping the door of the Exceptional School show wide open to you. We will definitely be in communication with you about having you back because uh, we want to continue this wholesome dialogue. This is uh, truly insightful rhetoric. Um, it is uh, soul and thought-provoking and soul-stirring, might I add, because this is the kind of talk, this is the kind of real talk that gets people motivated and even it initiates you to do something, to get up if you haven't been up <laughs> and start standing for something. Right. And get involved, stay connected, stay engaged, and be about something, you know. Don't just let things happen and then get reactionary because you're mad. But get in the arena, find out what position best suits you, and work it. Because it's going to take everybody engaged for the change. We We have to learn how to get raw and naked without screwing. You feel me? Oh. Right, <laughs> right. That's well, the I bottom mean, line. Going deep we, need to be, we need to get raw and naked without screwing. And the meaning of that is that we need to step up, stand up, approach our congressman or approach our representative mm-hmm. without going in with the idea of if he don't, if we don't accomplish nothing with him, well, then we're going to we're gonna jump on him and call him this, and we're gonna make him that, and we're gonna we're gonna blast him all over the place. Well, then, when you go out and do that, well, then you have put up a wall between you and the person that you need to have dialogue with. That's gonna get you to the next step. That's People don't right. understand that. People think that because 
People think because people don't do what they want them to do that they can jump on them, beat them up, and call them out their name and defame them and everything else. But all you're doing is you creating a whirlwind, and that, that person that you need to be talked to is not going to get in the eye of the hurricane. No way possible. Mm. This ain't no way possible. And then mm. we end up, and then we end up, we end up tearing up our own shit because somebody else did something uh-huh. else. That we, that's the, wow. that's the ignorance. That's right. ignorance. You know what I'm saying? That is ignorant. You create no. more right, more poverty, and the, you think that the, you think that your congressman or your representative is going to try to help you after you don't tore up your Thank own you. shit. And mm. then you done call me everything in the book? Mm. You think, do you think I'm going to cross the sidewalk and try to help you if you did me like that? Mm. Mm. No way possible. I'm going to let you suffer a little bit. Mm. But anyway, Francine, anyway, Francine, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I got some things that I got to do. I am, as a matter of fact, I'm writing a, a 15-page um, Fifteen paper on Fruitville Station. Uh, you know what that is, right? Fruitville Station. Yeah. Yeah. Movie yeah. By Grant. Uh-huh. yeah. I'm writing. I'm writing a fifteen-page paper on that. For, oh, it's on the uh, Yeah, and it's and it's actually I'm actually in a contest because I'm trying to get. I'm doing my paper in such a way that I'm trying to get it put in the school paper and then put in the school archives for further study. So I'm I'm trying to write it on a scholarly level. So, you know, that's what I'm doing. All right. Well, we applaud you. And all that you do, we are definitely in support of you. And we're going to have you come back on this channel to discuss that paper because that, that subject really needs uh, discussion on this platform here. Oh, we, yes, it do. You know, that story, I tell you, the Fruitville uh, Station, uh, which is a true, is based on a true account. Uh, yes, we definitely straight out murder uh, by the police. Yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah. So, and we, we yeah. definitely are um, in support of those that are still fighting for justice regarding that incident and other incidents and other that, that did not get. Did not get uh, well, what they, what they haven't told you, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, what they haven't told you is that, that the city paid out Seventeen million, seventeen million five hundred eighty dollars to the family. Um, it was kept under wraps because that was part of the settlement deal. Oh, okay. Not to speak on it, but mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've dug a, a bit deeper, and mm-hmm. I'm still trying to, I'm still trying to find out if I break any legal laws of putting it in my paper. Because oh, I, okay. you know, I've, 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 I've discovered a lot of things in the, in that, that is, in the Boston, in the Boston College Library and Harvard Library that mm-hmm. the general public doesn't have privy to. So, you know, and uh, with, and then being, being able to access the. Northeastern University Law Library, being having access to all of that gives mm. me a greater 
view of a lot of things that goes on in the world that the general public just don't have privy to. You know, so I'm I'm trying to stay within the legal bounds of what I can do. Okay. And without stepping, you know, without approaching breaking the law. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Well, there's a lot of things involved in and that. We definitely so. commend your efforts. I mean, this is mm-hmm. what we need. You know, people that will get the the right facts and present them and uh-huh. articulate them in an appropriate way so that we all get informed and well-informed. So we appreciate you. Thanks for sharing. Um, we're going to ramp up the exclusive interview hour because my co-host, Queen Zipporah, is off of vacation. She has returned from her hiatus. And we're going to have her facilitate her um, free publishing tips hour. So I'm going to ask now that Chris Murray wraps up the interview and provides us with his contacts. So that post tonight's show, everyone tuned in, everyone on the panel, everyone that called in, and so forth, you'll be able to connect with Chris. And please, for those that are on this call right now, please check out the Chris Murray Report Live. Yes, go online. Google it. It's there. Visit the page, as I'm telling right. you, some compelling write-ups on that blog page. He he covers everything from sports, he is a sports writer, to world news, current events. Okay, so you're going to get a lot of very rich content as you engage in reading his blog. And please feel free to comment. He will reply. He will reply. So I'm going to pass the mic to Chris. And, Chris, you can share share with our listeners how they can correspond with you post tonight. Well, they can, um, they can always find me on my blog, org. That's what my blog is. Um, they can also email me at the, at, at, at the, at, um, the Chris Murray Report. Um, at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at uh, the Chris Murray Report at C Murray Nation, and um, and uh, you those are places where they can find me. And also, I'm, I'm also on Facebook. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you again, Chris Murray. And one more time, can you give that blog? Uh, is that an email for the blog too? Yeah, that, yeah, that's also my email for for the blog. Um, like I said, the ChrisMaryReport dot org, and the email is uh, the ChrisMaryReport at gmail dot com. All right, so the Chris Murray Report, ladies and gentlemen, at gmail dot com. You can email Chris Murray. It is in relation to the Chris Murray Report blog. And for those of you who have internet access, please check it out. The Chris Murray Report blog at chrismurrayreport.org. Is that correct? Yeah, that's the chrismurrayreport.org. Yes. And, um, and that, that's where you can find the blog. Go directly to the blog, chrismurrayreport.org. Mm-hmm. All right. So don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get acquainted with the Chris Murray Report blog. If you have not yet checked it out, you still have time. And if you have the Internet, you can make it happen. Make it happen tonight. 
Um, I like to browse on there. Um, awesome write-ups, covers a lot of topics. And, uh, Chris, is there anything that you would like to say in closing before leaving uh, this interview tonight? Well, I, I just want to say that, you know, anybody can blog and uh, just be well-informed and, um, you know, and like I said, if you have we you always have voice, find your voice and, and let and let the world know. Mhm. All right, I hear that. So this is the time people look. This is the information age. You can be heard. Uh there's so many ways. One is blogging, as we mentioned earlier on. Blogging is the other writer specialty. It's something that now a lot more people are doing, and uh, you can acquire a following in doing just that. Just make sure that your content, your content, your subject content remains relevant. Keep it relevant, and you will keep growing a following, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much again, Chris Murray, and best of success to you. Um, and you're, uh, I mean, you're a professor at Bowie, Univers- Bowie State University in Maryland. You're teaching uh, English there as an adjunct professor. And we wish you nothing but huge success with your upcoming uh, semesters and so forth and year. Um, and what year is this for you there? At Bowie, this is my, this is my, I'll be coming in my second year there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I I talked there years ago as well. So I um, I talked there about, also about fifteen years ago for a stint, about three years stint. So oh, kind of okay. coming, really coming back. So. so it's like a coming, yeah, return. Well, best of success to you with that coming back, because I'm sure it's they need you, and I know that you're doing a fine job. Keep up the good work, and we're definitely looking forward to having you back on this panel, and um, possibly at that time you'll have a book. Am I correct? You may have a book published. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm hoping to. I'm hoping to get a book published. Yes, mm-hmm. I can say what it is right now, but I'm hoping to get it published. <laughs> now, will it be? Can you um, share with us what the genre is? Will it be fiction? Will it be nonfiction? Uh, it's going to be. Um, it's really going to be race and sports. I mean, um, it's a collection of things I've written over mm-hmm. the years. Um, you know about race and sports and. Uh, you know, and also I also include gender and uh, other issues, but mm-hmm. excuse me. Um, but but the thing is, it's just it's it's hopefully like I say, it's the the the, the gathering part of, the, of my articles are is done. I just gotta get them get them re-edited, get them edited again, and then um, you know just get some little things. So and hopefully I'm gonna find a publisher, and you know we'll see what we we can do. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for accepting. thank you for having me. Yes, accepting our invite to be on this panel. We enjoyed you. We look forward to your next time of coming. And we know it's going to be another awesome show then. And, of course, to those that were not able to join us tonight to tune in, we will be posting the archive link of tonight's show's recording. It should become available. Um, If not later this evening, it will be available tomorrow, early tomorrow morning. So at that time, we'll be sharing it so those who didn't get a chance to tune in, they'll be able to hear what they missed. Okay? All right. 
Well, thanks again, Chris. Enjoy the rest of your Thank evening. Thank you. You same. All right. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I'm going to let the Quantas MC help us as we introduce back on the panel none other than the co-host of the Exceptional Scribble Show, and she is. Yeah. I'm just playing. Hi, Queen Sephora. How Zipporah. are you? Welcome, Queen Zephora. Absolutely. Welcome back to the show, Queen. We've missed you. We ask for you every time. Queen Zephora, are I don't you? Know. Maybe she's muted. Um, but you know what? Uh, I don't have my looper hooked up. Uh, some people are actually not very pleasant and would like to uh, create rules for, uh, where, whereby no one's allowed to hang out in the seating area uh, more than one hour in, in the oh, cafe. Wow. Yeah. And so the whole purpose for that is to, to try to get rid of your, you know, yours truly from the cafe because I'm here every Tuesday. I do the mm-hmm. show. I set my gear up. And I also clean the windows for free here and also the mirrors. I just take it upon myself to do it, and the guys are cool with that. You know, I've cleaned to the front. They've actually moved everything out of the store front for me to, so that I could go in there and clean for them. So they work together with me. Now that mm-hmm. there's a new person working here, which is the wife, um, excuse me, the partner of the uh, <clears throat> owner, okay, is trying to uh, regulate me out of here. Uh, regulations, with, regulations. Yeah. yeah. No, it's like it's like wait. She said she's trying to have a sign here, and she wants me to read it. I, I. Bottom line is, even if I read it, I will not understand it. I already know it's too ambiguous to comprehend. But mm. I just think that what's interesting is that there's no one that I've hurt, and right now this place is totally empty. Mm. Totally empty. It's been totally empty since I got here. It's going to mm-hmm. stay half empty for the rest of the night, probably, you know, and the sign is just a a lie. It's a huge, huge lie. Uh, and this is and this is what she's going to try to use to be able to then do what? Call police, right, if I don't go, you see? And then she tries to point me to the sign that says she refused service to anyone. And then I want to say to her, well, I don't understand that sign. I don't understand the sign you have downstairs either. Mm-hmm. I can barely understand what you're telling me right now. I mean, I hear you, but to be honest with you, you're asserting a type of uh, dictatorship, man. You know, like way about yourself. You have your little tyrannical, uh, you know, approach to uh, to management here, and uh, you're interrupting the common law, <laughs> which is ultimately. Oh. That that um, Donaldson is actually having a good time entertaining people on the phone, and now I don't have my beatbox machine, but I can still go. The queen. The queen. Queen Zipporah, everybody. 
All right, Queen Zipporah, welcome. Are you still with us, Queen Zipporah? Let me see here. Not sure what. Okay, Queen Zipporah. Are we having technical difficulties? Do you need to call back in? Okay, she might be experiencing a little te- technical difficulty. Well, anyways, call right back in, yeah. With regard to the communities thing that you guys were talking about earlier, if mm-hmm. you don't mind, may I comment on 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 that uh, that topic? Topic of community and building up from the grassroots. Is that okay? Um, sure. Go right on ahead, because uh, Queen Zipporah is going to call back in. She was having great. some uh, technical difficulties. Thank you, Sage. Mm-hmm. And I look forward to speaking, you know, uh, a hearing from uh, Queen All right. Zipporah. I'm Here she is. Yes. Hi, All Queen right. Zipporah. Hi. Hi. Can everybody hear me now? Yes. All right. Yeah, I had to call back. I don't know what that technical difficulty was, but... The queen Welcome back. Has returned. Thank you. The queen has returned. <laughs> 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 the queen has returned. Mhm. Mm-hmm. All right, and I am now warrioress Queen Zipporah Thelman. Oh, okay. So it's repeat that title. Warrioress Queen Zipporah Thelman. Warrioress. So it's warrior. Rest. Warriors. Warrior rest. Yeah. That is That's hot. for the female That's hot, warrior. Yeah. Yeah. That's hot. Queen <laughs> Zipporah Thelman. Warrior rest. Queen Zipporah Thelman. Okay. So for our listeners, don't forget, there's been a change. It's now Warrior Rest, Queen Zipporah Thelman. Yes. And for mm. all future posts and uh, ad posts, I will make certain that that name reflects such. Warrior S. That's sweet, yo. What made you think of that? That's a, can I ask from Donaldson, the muse? Can I ask you that question? I am a muse. All right. Well, I came up with that idea. I thought of, you know, my native ancestors were warriors. So I took it from there. Okay. So well, then good. this... Change came about because Queen, I'm sorry, Warrioress Queen Zipporah Thelman did some study, and in her study and research, she discovered that her ancestors were warriors. Yeah. And in honor of them, she has chosen to make the change regarding her title, her name title, okay? So that was a culturally-based, motivated decision. Cultural heritage, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, well, we So can I ask a quick question? Uh, it, can you put, can I put the warrioress? 
Queen Zipporah? Oh, that would be um, grammatically correct. Because we don't for have correct. For the warrioress, Queen Zipporah, of the exceptional Scribble Show, is with the claim of the name change by the authority possessed by full colon, and in brackets here, it's a pronoun, her. Thank you, Don. Donald. Thank you. You're welcome. But you know, well, but you know what? Ed. I'm just going to leave it. Yes. I'm just going to Warriors Queens of Forest. So I'm talking. You don't have to put the the. You can just leave it as Warriors Queens of Forest. Got that. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. It's nice to hear from yeah. you again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you. Wow. What a welcome back. Yes. Uh, I can understand a lot is going on in my absence. Yes, um, I tell you, we've been just, you know, holding down the fort. Uh, we've had a series of guests on, all very uh, globally conscious, might I add, and um, socially aware, and uh, they've been promoting heightening social consciousness on this platform. And we've just kind of been um, running with that and uh, getting people in gear for changing uh, their status or their um, current situation, trying to raise their awareness and how they can be more instrumental in community building and how it starts within. You know, we all are members of a community. But unless we are the change that we wish to see, nothing's going to happen outside of us. It starts within us. Yeah, I hear you, Duchess. And uh, I also want to, you know, add my comment on earlier, I was listening to Chris Murray and mm-hmm. the conversation that, you know, you were talking about, and uh, it connects, you know, into what I'm going to be bringing on tonight. Oh, outstanding. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the importance of staying connected mm-hmm. and engaged. So this is yeah. perfect. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I also want to add, too, I had a Another dream about a white lion chasing me. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. These dreams. I wish Skyski was on. <laughs> you know what? Can I make a sound? Roar! <laughs> Roar! It's me. I'm the white lion, you guys. <laughs> I want you. I'm actually single, by the way. You know. <laughs> oh my. Maybe that's what it's about. Are you? Do you? Are you? Do, are you? Uh, maybe you're gonna find your mate or something. You know. Oh wow! And he's a white lion, honey. So don't look for no brown lion, no <laughs> orange lion, no black, no blue lion, honey. He's a white lion. What if it's pure though? What does he? What do you think the white represents? <laughs> it probably doesn't represent something as weak as racism. It probably represents something a lot, a lot more important. White can be a lot of things. Remember, when we're dealing with color, it's not Mm. actually having anything to do with ethnicity. Yeah, exactly. Color has everything to do with, um, um, what's that word I'm looking for? Tone, mood, um, and environment. So we need to look beyond uh, ethnicity and look at, okay, 
something is changing in Warrior Rest, Queen Zipporah Thelman's environment, her well, inner as, environment as well as mm-hmm. her outer environment. And that being a whole new, a whole new, now remember, a whole new, this is about a whole new her. At White Lion, sometimes we're being chased by our passion and also our mission. Sometimes instead of us pursuing it, it's pursuing us. Sometimes the hunter becomes the hunted. I think this is also symbolic that she's about to fulfill her destiny. That White Lion represents her fulfillment of her destiny. Mm -hmm. So, in other words, you cannot escape. And now I'm talking to the warrioress, Queen Zipporah Thelman. You cannot escape your change. It is inevitable. You cannot escape your destiny. Your destiny is in pursuit of you. So don't try to run. You can't hide. Am I a co-host or not? All right. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Y'all done with it. Um, you done? All right. Now it's time for me to make some noise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, she's back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> she's in warrior rest mode. Honey, so that is hilarious. Be careful. She's in warrior rest mode. I think I've seen <laughs> pictures of you. Have I seen? I've seen pictures of you or not. Do you have something on Facebook, Queen Zipporah? No, I don't have any pictures of myself on Facebook. Oh, no. Right. She does not. She chose not booking, to do that. That was one of the, the things of the I face. Um, to acquire when we were starting off because I wanted us to have a profile pic feature. So I use um, memes to... Uh, Muses, too. Symbol, symbol, symbolically... <laughs> Portray warrioress. So now I have to find a warrioress queen meme. I will find one that's suitable to symbolize Queen Zipporah. And we're all going to change into memes real soon. <laughs> There's going to be symbolic memes that portray us. Mm-hmm. That's going to be so neat. <laughs> that's fun. I'm looking forward to doing that. All right. I want to add to about, you know, the lion's ring. And uh, I did research it. And mm-hmm. here's what it, you know, it means. One was be one was be aware of how what you say and do affects others. Another said the lion helps you to overcome negative emotions. All right. So we're no gonna, more. We're gonna create. Yeah, man. No more is she waiting and anticipating. She is now in full control of her destiny. Warrioress. Uh, uh, Queen Zipporah, now you know how I felt when I discovered the name Donaldson Flow Time. Think about that. I'm not just I'm not trying to stroke my own ego here. I'm just saying though. I am I'm just saying though. IJST news correspondent. You know. Now, Anyways, um, that was a little bit you... off base, but uh, <laughs> dry humor. But uh, it's. <laughs> The whole idea is to uh, comprehend the excitement that you feel with regard to the um, characterization of what your your creative function is right now. 
All right. Yeah, well, it was weird, but I escaped from that line. It's too bad I ain't have a weapon like a, a shotgun or a rifle to stop it. <laughs> or a bow and arrow. <laughs> toss a tomahawk at it. So are you giving more detail about the dream? No, I'm just saying on what happened. It's that lion chased me, but it didn't catch me. Oh, <laughs> uh, no wonder so I'm still that's single. fact. I mean, when you're being chased, mm-hmm. it's the chase that you have to focus on. There's mm-hmm. something relevant in that. So think about it. What is it that's pursuing you that you are running from? That's a personal, that's mm-hmm. called introspection. You don't look out at others. You look at you. There's mm-hmm. something that you're running from. And I don't think that white color symbolized anything threatening. I think that that white color symbolized something that's, that you have to face and encounter and embrace, not be running from. So when you have your moments of meditation and solitude and reflection, things will come to you, start writing them down, mm-hmm. because there's something that you need to, in reverse order, face, accept, embrace, and allow to be. Mm-hmm. But it's all about change, because even with you mm-hmm. coming on and telling us your new title name, that's letting us know you have elevated. You're not where you were weeks prior. You're in a new place. So you want to keep moving, you know, keep things forward, forward thinking, and start planning because there's something next, something's coming up next that you should be planning out in your life. So you want to get in that, that you know, frame. And you got to take on a warrioress approach now. So that means you pursue that thing. That white lion, you chase it. <laughs> More that white lion chasing you. That was yesterday. <laughs> now you chase okay, that white lion. Yeah. Is your sound yeah, going to be right. more like round? They're pulling them like they say, pull them by the tail. Round, meow. No, I know it's the warriors. Here's the warriors. Meow. All right, well, since I'm the warriors, right, and so I'm the wolf, so I'm gonna go for that lion's throat. Whoa, that's Mm. a warrior. That is a warrioress. Woo. That's definitely a warrioress counter act move. (laughs) Why don't you? Why don't you say? Going for the throat. throat. My God, the juggler. But you're the queen. You are the queen, and you. You are the queen, though, and you should have minions do your bidding, so you just sick a bunch of wolves on who it is, yeah. you know? <laughs> but she's a warrior yeah, but... queen, so she does things for, first if, if she has... in that warrioress approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not so all she doesn't she wait to... on her subjects. She doesn't <laughs> wait on them. She we should have a book. Is, she kind of leads good. the way... Mm-hmm. And, and you know, like that water buffalo uh, makes the plane. And she wears leather. Level. Yeah, she's got a, weather, a leather pouch and stuff, and she's wearing nothing but, like, a leather bikini. 
<laughs> no. I'll be I'm sorry. And all, all you see is muscles and oil, you know, and green eyes, green eyes and brown skin, muscles, and leather. So that's sexy, yo. <laughs> Anyways, Donaldson having fun here with the warrioress. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, my, uh, let's see, my Zodiac, I'm Pisces, but my native Zodiac is a uh, wolf. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm getting a little, a little afraid, actually, to, you know, like, I'm just, I feel the wolf energy. You know, when you say wolf, you, 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 I, that comes with excitement. Well, I must say, Queen Zipporah, we are so happy that you have returned safe and sound and with a whole fresh mm-hmm. perspective because this is definitely a new you, new beginning, new calls, new start. Um, is there anything that you want to start off with saying for our listeners? Um, we did touch on blogging as being the mm-hmm. other writer specialty. Mm-hmm. We had our feature artist who's, a, you know, he has his own blog. Mm-hmm. And um, we were just kind of touching on uh, key things about how you can help build a following through uh, having a blog and successfully uh, being able to launch your blog. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, of course, content-driven. It has to be uh, content that is relevant. You want to keep it relevant. That will keep yeah. people engaged, interested, reading. Um, we touched on some relevant topics and, and, and issues. We had Master Scribe. He's awesome. Gave mm-hmm. a whole lot of value yes. input, well-valued. But, um, you know, is there anything that you would like to add about blogging? Because we definitely want our listening audience to be a little more inclined to getting involved with blogging because mm-hmm. that also strengthens writing skills. All right, well, I would like to add, you know, about blogging is research before you start it so that you know what to do. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And thank you for that. That's, that's key information. All right, so I'm going to get started, you know, with the free publishing tips hour. If there aren't any more questions or comments about blogging. No well, first of all, let me see this. What, how, how can – I have a question. Oh, I'm can sorry. Johnson, slow time, the meme, and uh, – I mean, uh, wait, not meme. Oh, crap. I, muse of the show. That's right. I'm here for you to entertain you as a jester. No, that's not it. Hold on. Here's my question. You are inspiration. That's all you need to how say. The, I am the inspiration point. of the I can say what I want. So. You say that. I'll tell you what I think. Go you ahead, Donaldson. Queen yes. is waiting. I'm, thank you. The Queen, how can I make my blog look more professional? All right, what's Real your quick. theme? Mm-hmm. Well, pick a theme, and then what? And then you uh, make it professional with the theme that's related to. Okay. So let's say my theme is uh, music. 
Yeah. So music business website or something like that where I'm going to, you know, mm-hmm. I'm the artist or I'm promoting an artist, not that I am the artist. Mm-hmm. Something like that. And then so you have to tailor it. Are, what, are you, what are you saying? I mean, I, I don't want to speak for you. I was just wondering maybe how do I make my blog look professional so it doesn't look like something cheesy. Like, can you make a blog look as good as a website? Wait, can you repeat that? Can you make a blog look, uh, uh, you know, as good as a website? Yeah, you should be able to. Uh, like I said, research. I'm not too familiar with, well, that familiar with blogs. I just, you know, heard about it. That's why I suggested to research it. But regarding your theme, you know, with music, you can use musical instruments. And uh, use the musical notes, you know, with the little, what do you call it, the dot with the long, um, of it. what do you call it, the dot, with, the musical notes with the dot with the long six. I'm trying to describe it as best as I know. Uh, I think it's with the, the musical note with the dot? Yeah. The one dot? That's an eighth note or a quarter note? Yeah, yeah the quarter note, if you want to call it that, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I guess I got to say, uh, is there anything else? Anything else I can, like, what technique? I mean, like, like that's it? Just just make basically like a like a, a theme for, to back it up, and then I, I can have a professional-looking blog? Like, yeah. meaning like a, it'll look almost like a website or what? Can I put links? Can I have images, uh, stuff moving on there, like Adobe Flash or any of that? Uh, I told you the suggestions, and you are the creator to put whatever you want on your blog. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Can you direct us to your blog so that way, before we move on, uh, we can go check out what you've done on yours? I don't have a blog. I just have a Facebook page. Okay. Well, it's, I think it's a good yeah. topic. Cool. Thanks for, the, thanks for the time on the call, and let me ask you some questions. I appreciate that. I yield the mic, um, Sage. Um, um. Queens of Port Salmon. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Duchess Rand. I'm here. All right. Now I'm going to move on to my republishing tips hour again. And I'm starting off with my writing advice slash discoveries. Number one. Urban fiction is misused as a depopulation method since the genre is characters describing low income and violence in their lives, which becomes a weapon, uh, excuse me, which become a weapon against the target. Number two, writing releases a lot of unknown in-depth things. Number three, writing exposes problems and solutions. Number four, writing with understanding is professional. Number five, have patience and understanding with your passion. Number six, viewpoints or stories as narrator. Number seven, read with a notebook, pen, and a dictionary for ideas from stories. Number eight, Writing is making viewpoints that are agreed and disagreed with. Number nine, envy is success's enemy whose fear is the question, how can you help success? 
And number 10, italicized, which is the slanted writing, words emphasize the, tr the true meaning of sentences. Any questions? Anyone? Okay, Queen's of Oh, uh, yeah. You, okay. Uh, she, she said something about the, uh, this is Donaldson here, calling mm -hmm. in. And, uh, I, uh, Queen, for the italics emphasize the sentence? Emphasize the true meaning of sentences. So, so you mean if I put something in italics, it emphasizes the, the true meaning? Yes, of what you're saying or what that sentence means. Okay. Um, I didn't know that before. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. for Thank you. You're welcome. All right, any other questions or comments? None. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm moving on. Articles. <clears throat> And I have, let's see, one, two, three, I have five articles to read, and four of them are from Writer's Digest. So here's the first one. It's titled, Advice to My Unpublished Self. Chasing a dream is never easy. When we set our sights and our hearts on a seemingly unattainable goal, we are setting out on a journey that will, at times, be interrupted by setbacks and self-doubt. It will often be painful, and we will wonder many times if it is worth the struggle. In January 2013, after several years of rejection and frustration, I was ready to give up my dream of being a published writer. Five months later, I had an agent in a two-book publishing deal with HarperCollins. Another year on, my first novel became a New York Times bestseller. Four years later, my books are published around the world, and as my new novel, the Cotton Lee Secret is published, I find myself reflecting on that decision to carry on rather than give up. Here I give my unpublished self a few words of encouragement. This guest post is by Hazel Gaynor. Gaynor is the New York Times and USA Today bestselling author of A Memory of Violets and the Girl Who Came Home, for which she received the 2015 RNA Historical Novel of the Year Award. Her third novel, The Girl from the Sayboy, was an Irish Times and Globe and Mail Canada bestseller and was shortlisted for the BGE, which stands for Board Gayest Energy Irish Book Award Popular Fiction Book of the Year. The Cotton Lee Secret and Last Christmas in Paris will be published in 2017. January 2013, Dear Hazel, Today sucks. Today is the day you feel like giving up. I don't blame you for wanting to throw your laptop at the wall, but before you do, I have something to tell you. This is as bad as it gets. This latest rejection is the bottom of the mountain, and I need you to start walking back up it, one step at a time. Here's 10 reasons why. Number one, it will happen. You will be published. And when I'm going to put it the uh, words will are emphasized or um, italicized. And when you are, all these lost days of rejection and despair will disappear in an instant. Now, that third will was not italicized. But only if you keep going. If you stop now, your race is over. If you keep going, you are still in with a chance. 
Keep showing up. Keep putting those words down. Keep cheering everyone else on. Your turn will come. I promise. Number two, every quote, no, end quote, is one step closer to quote, yes, end quote. You are not a toddler. You don't get what you want by having a tantrum and saying life isn't fair. Sit, think, focus, start again. Number three, rejection isn't always a bad thing. Failing, if you choose to call it that, can motivate if you allow it to. So what if an agent or editor doesn't like your work or says it isn't for them? Never stop believing in yourself or the story you want to tell. Find the people it is, is as italicized for. They are out there waiting. As Beckett said, fail again, fail better. Number four, you can't not write. I know you say, say as italicized, you're giving up, but really you can't because you adore writing. When you feel broken by rejection, your reaction is to express your feelings in words. There is no giving up for you. There is only the next blank page to fill. Get to it. Number five, this is just the start. These agonizing periods of waiting and wondering and doubting won't stop with a published book. Consider this as an apprenticeship. Think of everything you write as a training run for the long, exhilarating race ahead. Nothing is wasted, ever. While you're waiting for the, quote, yes, end quote, learn to wait better. Number six, these quiet, invisible days before publication are special. This is when you get to write without the pressure of a deadline or the middle of the night dread of early reviews. Take a moment to remember why, italicized, you are doing this, why you love writing. You are creating magic on a blank page creating something out of nothing. It's pure alchemy. Number seven, when it comes, never apologize for your success or play down your achievements. Only you will ever know the truth in the struggle behind your, quote, lucky break, end quote. Don't let anyone take that away from you. Number eight, find your tribe. Find writers who get that, who get what you're going through. Find the friends who will pour the tea when you're struggling and pour the champagne when you're celebrating those who will cheer you up and cheer you on. They, they are as essential to your success as your imagination and your tenacity. Number nine, celebrate milestones, always. The end of a first draft, the end of a book, the start of a new one. Be kind to yourself. Be your own cheerleader. Do whatever it is that makes you smile. Go for a run. Eat cake. Clean out the garage. Have coffee with the friends you have neglected for months and then get back to work. And number 10, trust your instincts and be brave. Challenge yourself. Ask yourself hard questions. Don't take the easy route. Aim higher. Scare yourself. You won't know what you are capable of until you try. Above all, never forget these last lost days, excuse me, when you feel so uncertain and unsure. When you sit at your writing desk, yes, you will, italicize, graduate from the kitchen table and sign the contract for your fifth novel. Take a moment to remember these tears. They are, after all, what got you here. Mm. Everything, you ever, everything you ever dreamed of is waiting for you. Stop now and you'll never know what could have been. Keep going and you give yourself a chance to know. Dry your tears, put the kettle on, roll up those sleeves and get writing. There are people out there waiting to read your words. What are you waiting for? The end of this article.
Mm-hmm. Queen Zipporah, warrioress. Mm-hmm. Queen Zipporah. Very good article. Very informative and easy to follow. Mm-hmm. Easy to follow. Um, what would you say out of that article is key as far as it could be one particular point made or it could be one section of that article, but what part of that article would you say is key for everyone to spend much time reflecting upon? Uh, Let's see. I would say that uh, let me reread it over again. It's, there, uh, it's the one where you finally, you know, reach your goal of being published, and then you reflect, uh, you know, on the road that you, the path that you took to get there. Uh, yeah, I agree with that because uh-huh. it's always the journey. You know, a lot of times mm-hmm. people like to say, you know, I made it. I made it. This is my mm-hmm. destination fulfilled or destiny fulfilled. But it's not so much the end mm-hmm. from the beginning. It's the process because you're learning as you're making the trip or taking mm-hmm. the trip as you're in travel mode. You're learning as you're in pursuit of your destiny. You're learning. So it's very key. There are very key points and key mm-hmm. elements that you're gathering up or gleaning along the path of your journey. So you don't want to forsake the journey. You want to reflect and refer to it because Mm -hmm. there's very key elements, very key things that you're gaining and acquiring on that journey and Mm -hmm. that process. And that's what leads to your destiny fulfilled, your destination fulfilled. Yes, and I found, not just I found, you know, the answer to your question is number two. Every Mm -hmm. no is one step closer to yes. Yep. I know that. Every no is one step Mm -hmm. closer to yes. And that's why we don't take on a defeated Mm-hmm. Outlook, because right. we understand that we have that awareness mm-hmm. going in that yeah. you have to have rejections. I think we learned. I think it was uh, Stephen King. That's one of my favorites. Um, mm-hmm. With sci-fi um, or fiction, whatever you want to call it, um, sci-fi mm-hmm. fiction or sci-fi fiction, or it's just horror. Horror. Yeah, Stephen King. <laughs> Not horror. all horror. Like some of his. Um, Actual stories aren't so much, it's not so much of a horror story like Wes Craven horror, but it's more of, it it makes you think. Like there's an Mm -hmm. actual, um, which you could say moral to it. Mm -hmm. It's not just about scaring the wits out of you, but it's about (laughs) really making you think and reflect that, you know, there's Mm -hmm. this other side of us. There's this other Mm -hmm. side to this. You know, and yes, it exists, and you know, 
be aware of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, for example, his uh, novel, Carrie. Mm-hmm. One of the key things, which I think some people skim right over about that particular novel, is that there's people that possess special abilities. Mm-hmm. Like you could say ESP or whatever you want to call it, telekinetic um, mm-hmm. energies and powers and skills and so forth. And there was this time or this era where people looked on those people as mm-hmm. being wicked, witches, evil. Oh, yeah. The devil's <laughs> seed was born. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you can't have special abilities, okay? But yet, you embrace. Marvel and DC Comics and all these heroes and stuff. <laughs> you know, when you see somebody in real life that has these special abilities <laughs> and skills, you see them like, oh, that's the devil. That's that's <laughs> incarnate. But, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah, I understand what you mean. <laughs> it's funny and then it's not funny because it's funny as how people interpret, you know, what mm-hmm. they want it to do. And then it scares the living daylights out of them because it exposes their own wickedness. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Just like with, <laughs> yeah, just like with, you know, for me, for example, like I'm a demigod. Apollo's my dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. and so, yes, yeah, so I definitely got magic from her. Hey. All right, see, I'm going to move on to the next article, which is uh, titled How to Use Fiction to Explore Contemporary Social Issues. I've been writing nonfiction books for almost 20 years, often on difficult subjects such as sexual violence, assisted reproductive technologies, oppression capital punishment, genetic engineering, and war. Two years ago, I wrote my first novel, Wolf, a Jessica James mystery, which featured a subplot about campus rape. My second novel in the Jessica James series, Coyote, revolved around human trafficking on the Blackfeet Reservation. And the latest Fox tackles the hidden world of IVF, assisted reproductive technologies, and genetic engineering. While she went full-fledged Native American with the, tit- with the titles, Wolf, Coyote, Fox, and uh, Fox. Mm-hmm. This guest post is by Kelly Oliver. Oliver is the award-winning author of the Jessica James mystery series, including Wolf, July 2016, Coyote, August 2016, and most recently, Fox, May 2017. Her first novel, Wolf, Warned Up. IPPY Gold Medal for Best Thriller Slash Mystery is a finalist for the Forward Magazine Award for Best Mystery and was voted number one women's mysteries on Goodreads. When she's not writing novels, Kelly is a distinguished professor of philosophy at Vanderbilt University and the author of 13 nonfiction books and over 100 articles on issues such as campus rape, reproductive technologies, women in the media, animals, and the environment. Her work has been translated into eight languages. She has published in the New York Times and the Los Angeles Review of Books and been featured on ABC News, C-SPAN Books, 
the Canadian Broadcaster Network, and various radio programs. When I started writing mysteries, I made a conscious choice to let my nonfiction research inform my fiction. The fact that I already done, excuse me, that I'd already done the right. research was, of course, an advantage for writing the novel. I had extensive knowledge of some of the issues from my previous research efforts, but I quickly discovered that writing fiction enriched my nonfiction writing too. Writing novels gave me new ways of approaching tough issues I've been thinking about throughout my career as a philosophy professor. I wrote my first novel after researching a nonfiction book on the connection between images of strong girls given as good as they got in films such as The Hunger Games and Divergent, at the same time as weekly reports of unconscious girls being sexually assaulted on campus. Of course, I was stunned to learn of the pervasiveness of rape on college campuses, but even more, I was shocked to discover that some frat boys and college athletes actually drug girls with rape drugs to render them semi-conscious. I was so shaken by this research project that my turn to fiction was a kind of self-defense against the harsh reality of sexual violence. In my invented world, the girls would fight back and together defeat the rapists. I knew that a novel set on a college campus featuring young women had to deal with the issue of campus rape. But in my imagined world, young women would have each other's backs to prevent sexual violence. And anyone who messed with these tough but vulnerable young women would get their aid kicked. Call it a sort of feminist revenge fantasy to counterbalance all of the horrible stuff I've uncovered in my nonfiction research. Writing fiction became a personal compensation for me, a way to imagine a better world and a different future for young women. I decided to make my novel center around contemporary women's issues, many of which I'd researched in my nonfiction work. It was important to me to try to raise awareness of issues that often remain in the shadows because they are too difficult to confront head on. I thought if I could tell a compelling story with rich characters and settings readers could relate to and then move the plot along with page-turning action, sprinkled with a large dose of humor, then I could shine a light on hard issues in a way that wasn't threatening or preaching. My primary goal is to create an entertaining story while bringing these rips from the headlines issues into my fiction. In order to keep readers hooked, the novels have to be fun and engaging. This way, I hope to reach more readers than I could with the nonfiction alone. Through a compelling story, you can get readers to think about things they may, have, they may not have before. But in addition to getting readers to think about issues, I found that in fiction, I can explore controversial topics from different vantage points. This is a great advantage of writing fiction. You have to get into other people's heads. It's one thing to describe different viewpoints or opinions in nonfiction books. It's quite another to inhabit them and make them come alive in a novel. In order to make characters with differing perspectives on the same issue, an author needs to find a way to understand, if not sympathize with, viewpoints other than their own. This is one of the most challenging and rewarding aspects of writing fiction, getting into other people's heads. You have to understand and respect even your bad guys. For example, in my latest novel, Fox, two characters, both medical students, have opposing viewpoints on the ethics of genetic engineering. Jack, who is studying abnormal psychiatry, believes we can't control evolution and life is ruled by chance. 
His nemesis, Mac, is a geneticist who thinks he can perfect the human race by designing better people. Then there is our heroine, Jessica James, the cowgirl philosopher, who asked Matt what he means by, quote, better, end quote. Can he engineer people to be more ethical, more compassionate, and to treat each other better? Or can he just make them smarter and stronger? These things play out through each of the three characters in different ways that take up various sides of the genetic engineering debate all the while weaving a rich story of hubris and humility. In my nonfiction, I I could describe different positions on genetic engineering, but in my fiction, I can make them come alive. To do that, I've had to learn to distill the issues in their crystalline form. The trade-off is that while you can't explore issues in depth in fiction the way you can in nonfiction, you can breathe life into them and make them relevant to readers in new ways. You can show what it feels like, and feels as italicized, to believe passionately in something rather than merely describe the arguments pro and con. Now, before I continue, I want to comment on this last paragraph about yes. the genetics and uh, making, you know, a better human. Reminds me of I, Robot with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Imagine inhabiting different worldviews and having different passions enriches my nonfiction writing. I'm learning to let my experience writing and fiction inform my nonfiction writing. I want to give the reader a strong motivation to turn that next page. Putting the reader into a relatable perspective while showing them something new is the challenge of both fiction and nonfiction. Both are a matter of opening up alternative ways of looking at the world. Ever since I was young, I've wondered what it would be like to be someone else. As I walk through a shopping mall or an airport, different people capture my imagination and I invent stories about their lives and wonder what it is like to see the world through their eyes. Writing fiction gives me a chance to explore the world through other people's eyes. I have to imagine lives other than my own and characters that have radically different ways of seeing the world around them. In this way, I can explore different perspectives of the, on the world. In an important sense, all of my nonfiction work, especially in philosophy, has been about embracing different perspectives on our shared world. Fiction is an adventure and perspective, a way of traveling the world in the imagination. The end of this article. I, I want to comment on it. Mm-hmm. Sure, Donaldson. Hopefully I can do a good job. I'm not really trying to achieve anyone anyone's approval, though. But I do want to say this, that it was amazing talking about using art for fiction, uh, words of art, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, it's a beautiful piece. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling it. If you can't see my smile. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought I'd, I'd mention it. Yeah, it's absolutely. Because when you think about it, this is why we as people need to demand more accountability from um the our representatives okay and by 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 giving them the quantum grammar to use to be correct and we keep art you know what i'm saying we don't have to give up art and uh it's really interesting the way that everything is construed and and constructed you know uh to take away your ability to be more and more creative, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. wow. Thanks for that piece. 
You're welcome. And I was also thinking too about, you know, I'm just I'm about all getting off subject now regarding my uh, second white lion dream. Not gonna have Black Panther, you know, face him off. <laughs> Chadwick Boseman, one of another one of my favorite actors. <laughs> mhm. Mm. Yeah. So and again, uh, referring to the art mm. and entertainment community. Mm. Uh, they are definitely forerunners in that campaign mm-hmm. to make mm-hmm. certain that many of our um, political leaders, that mm-hmm. they don't neglect their uh, priority need, mm-hmm. which is to be a public servant. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Kerry Washington, speaking of Kerry Washington, she mm-hmm. was elected um, as one of the White House during the time of um, President Obama's uh, uh, presidency. She was elected to be one of the uh, White House, um, I believe she was the art, um, she was a person that was over the arts. Mm -hmm. And um, she did ensure that programs, that were being funded by our government, mm-hmm. that those programs continued within the inner city and urban yeah, I, communities. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, this is Sounds like someone yeah. we need to contact. We need to be in touch with her. She's, you, she's still yeah. around? She was, she was that during the time of President Obama's presidency. Mm-hmm. I don't know who President Trump has in that position. That would be something to find out. Mm-hmm. I did hear at one time that he was, um, considering, or I don't know if they actually went through with it, but he wanted Sylvester Stallone to have that role during his presidency. I don't know who has it and if that was finalized or not, but very important role. Yeah. I also want to add, this is Warriors Queens of Poor, regarding the role you just mentioned, Duchess Rand, is mm-hmm. that President Obama had opened for the STEM research but science, technology, with the engineering and mathematics. That's right. And it mm-hmm. became STEAM. Remember, they added the arts. Oh, the arts STEAM. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And that, and you're right. He was, um, mm-hmm. I won't say coerced, but whoever was over the arts, I, I guess that would be Carrie, um, was responsible for influencing mm-hmm. him and thinking on those lines mm-hmm. that we need to add the arts to the STEM uh, mm-hmm. Program. Uh, yeah. Can I say something really quickly about Obama? Since you guys mentioned him, um, mm-hmm. a president, former President Obama. Um, first of all, I want to say something. I'm proud to be uh, who I am. I'm a mutt. I'm kind of a mixed up person. Mixed up. I got Hungarian. I got it all. Uh, you know, I got some Scottish. You know, some Italian, some German. It's all in there. You don't and have I really love. You got a lot going on. I, I really love America, okay? And uh, this is my country, period, okay? I'm coming, I'm coming out of this country. But uh, this is why we need America. But I wonder, I wanted to say I respect the, the, the man for his ability to speak so eloquently. I yield. That is, def- yes, the art of elocution. That's what they taught us. At the academy, <laughs> the art of elocution—it is an art. Mm-hmm. Some are born with 
a silver tongue. That's what they used to say. If you don't have a silver tongue, you can acquire one. <laughs> yeah, that's called Queen of uh, um, Warriors, Queens of Poor, Elements of Speaking. That's called yes. oration. Mm-hmm. Oration, orators, yes. Yep, the oratory uh, yeah. can be refined. But they used to tell us um, everyone's not born with a silver tongue, but you can acquire one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what a rhyme, tongue one. Yep. <laughs> you know me, the poet in me, I just loved it. I, I ran with that yeah. in school, my early years. But, you know, you take public speaking, you take these different classes, they teach you the art of elocution, they teach you about mm-hmm. gesticulation and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Because if you're contemplating being a public figure, you should have that, uh, training under mm-hmm. your belt. Some people are just naturally gifted. I mean, they're just born and they have it. All they need yeah. is a mentor, mm-hmm. you know, to help yeah. groom them in in that regard. But some yeah. of us, we're a little, what's that word, rough around the collar. <laughs> <laughs> so we need the training. We need yeah, that. But, uh, yeah, like I read that. Um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was a gifted orator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of us are gifted from birth. Mm-hmm. We're born with it. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm you can on. acquire one. I, I, yeah. I just to emphasize that if mm-hmm. you're you weren't born with a silver tongue, you can acquire one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know someone. They invested in their child. They were so worried. Now this is not funny. This is real. And um, I had met this parent, you know, being a teacher in education, and she was so worried that her child was going to have a speech impediment. So they went all out, hired somebody to teach their child how to speak correctly, so they thought. And come to find out, their child was speaking on the average, the correct way and the correct way of speaking that a child, the age their child, well, I believe their child was four, to speak. But they had such high expectations for their child and aspirations. They really wanted their child's tongue to be like a silver tongue <laughs> during the time when their child was just learning how to say words in full sentences correctly. So the speech teacher eventually did let them know, you know, well, you're requiring a lot from your child. Give it some time. You know, they're not even in first, second, or third grade yet. This is a bit advanced. You know, you're wanting them to push them. Now, I don't know that I would encourage a parent to do that, I think that, you know, allow your child to go through the natural developmental stages because you don't want to have learning gaps. And I did find that when parents uh, pushed their children too hard, a lot of times what eventually did happen, that their child mentally had blocks Mm -hmm. because emotionally it 
you know, upset them, and they close mm-hmm. themselves off mentally. Mm-hmm. And in a certain regard, they begin to start showing that they had learning gaps. So you don't want your child to miss development in anything or to skip ahead and not fully develop in a certain mm-hmm. phase of their development. Mm-hmm. So it's good to consult with pediatricians and psychologists and to know for certain is my child functioning and developing in a way that's appropriate for this age because they'll definitely key you in and make sure that you're well aware. All right. Thank you, Queen. I mean, Duchess France. All right. So I'm going to move on with my articles. Article number three, six tips for creating believable characters that win over readers. Persuasive characters keep a good story aloft and your readers involved. Whether you lean toward the literary with prose that would make a cold-blooded insurance adjuster weep or creating your genre magnum opus with rapping vampire detectives, drug-dealing senators, and naked Kardashians racing to break the cold to eternal youth without telemarketers, unless your characters are believable, very few readers will remain awake through the second explosion. Even if your book's only living inhabitants are fire-breathing alien weasels, they need to be relatable, italicized, fire-breathing alien weasels. This guest post is by Grant Jarrett. Originally from northeastern Pennsylvania, Jarrett lived in Manhattan for 20 years before moving to Marin County, California, Marin County, California, where he now works as a writer, ghostwriter, editor, musician, and occasional songwriter. His publishing credits include numerous magazine articles, essays, short stories, and more towels, his coming-of-age memoir about life on the road. His debut novel, Ways of Leaving, won the Best New Fiction category in the 2014 International Book Awards. The House That Made Me, his 2016 anthology about the meaning of home, was chosen as an L, quote, trust us, end quote, book. Jared is an avid cyclist, skier, and surf skier. So where do you find these characters? How do you make them breathe? Number one, observe the people around you. Examine how they speak, how they behave, their tics and twitches, pauses and stutters, the phrases and movements they repeat. Notice, too, what they omit, how they sometimes express themselves without words, how they sometimes choose not to express themselves at all. That, too, can have meaning. Analyze what makes them distinctly them and use it. Steal from life. That's what it's there for. Number two, people are multidimensional. Their flaws and contradictions are what makes them interesting. Think Hitler and his apparent affection for his dog. Without some humanizing, sometimes contradictory characteristics or some deeper history, a villain becomes no more than a pale symbol, a cliché. Similarly, a perfect protagonist is little more than a cartoon, one-dimensional and as plausible as a moose on ice skates. Most people are neither heroes nor villains. They are more complex, more interesting, more like us. Endow your characters with flaws, faults, weaknesses. Allow your heroes to fail and your villains an occasional success without electing them president, please. 
Create characters who are rich and complex, flawed and sometimes contradictory, and your readers will find the depth required to immerse themselves. Number three, be compassionate or at least empathetic towards your characters. When writing, avoid passing judgment or even those characters who do terrible things. Your job is not to judge them, but to portray them honestly and accurately. Let readers see them clearly and draw their own conclusions. Let them find the truth. This search and discovery will keep them reading and caring and believing. Number four, individuality. In my latest novel, there are three main characters, very different from one another, with distinct voices and vast, vastly desperate viewpoints. One is uneducated and crude. Another has the bombastic verbosity of a wizard and wannabe. And the third is an educated middle American grade school teacher. Their voices are unmistakably their own. I did dozens of revisions in an attempt to ensure consistency and make each character more real, more alive. I am not suggesting that all italicized the characters in your novel should possess quirky individual voices, strong dialects, and bizarre verbal tics. Just that, unless you are David Marnett, in which case, why are you reading this and can you please send me money? A five-year-old homeless child from Newark should not, quote, sound, end quote, the same as a 65-year-old Oxford professor of pomposity from Wales. Number five, humanize your characters. Remember what we share, the aspects of being human that connects us, the needs and desires and joys and disappointments and hurts, the physical aches and pains, the self-doubt, the suspect motivations, the unexpected acts of kindness that define us. If you create characters that you, italicize, care about, then you, italicize, believe characters who are real enough to make you laugh or cry or punch the wall in rage, your readers will believe and care but don't expect me to plaster your wall. Number six, trust your characters. When I hit a roadblock, it's often because I'm trying to force a character to do or say something he or she simply would not do or say. Knowing better than I do, they simply go on strike, demand a more credible working condition. Of course, people sometimes act in ways contradictory to what you know or think you know about them, but when they do it, reveals something about who they are and alters your perception of them. If you bend them into unnatural positions without recognizing the consequences, your characters will cease to be compelling and believable. Rather than asking someone to perform duties clearly outside his or her job description, find someone more suited to murdering a psychotic haberdasher or stealing a tainted gherkins or seducing the wily blowfish or whatever is required to move your story forward or let the story lead you down an unexpected path. Once you've laid the groundwork, give your characters life and place in their past obstacles of substance, your story will begin to take on a life of its own, creating its own momentum. Be sensitive to the life that's flourishing there. Give it the opportunity to live and breathe to enable the story and its players to move forward and forge new paths driven by the fictive world and and beings you put in place. If you allow that mysterious process to reveal its own special truth, it may transport you to unexpected places and reveal to you a story even more compelling and true than the one you initially envisioned, surprising you and, more importantly, your readers. And you may find you don't need those alien weasels. 
the end of this article. Yes. That's question. All right. Any questions or comments? None by me. Mm-hmm. Another good choice as for an article. Mm-hmm. Insightful mm-hmm. Uh, information. Very good for any writer. Mm-hmm. No matter what the level the writer is on, whether they are a beginner intermediate or expert. Very good article to use as a reference. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm moving on. Number four, excuse me, is titled Manuscript Rejection Feedback, Recritiques to Heal and Two to Ignore. One agent loves your setting but feels your characters fall flat. An editor likes your premise but can't connect with your voice. If your head has begun to spin from the manuscript rejection feedback you're receiving while on submission, you're not alone. The trick is to figure out which criticism is worth considering. Once I determined how to separate wheat from chaff, I did some of my best revising while my debut novel, Rollin M. Tyrus book slash Simon & Schuster, was on submission. My rejections range from one-liners, not for me, thanks, to lengthy revise and resubmit notes, and even a few phone calls with editors. The secret I found was to pay closer attention to matters of craft, which means the art of writing, than taste. Here are a few specific examples of each. This guest post is by Carolyn Woods. Woods is the author of Four Lane M, available everywhere books are sold from Tyrus Books, Simon & Schuster. She has taught creative writing to undergraduates at the Boston Conservatory and Boston University, where she earned her MFA. Her work has appeared in Slice Magazine, Lemon Lemon 236 in the Scene. You can learn more about Carolyn at carolynwoodswriter.com. Follow her on Twitter at Caracor and here on Facebook. Number one, your subplot detracts from your main storyline. Verdict revised. My agent and I heard this comment from several acquisitions editors. What held us back at first was that both my agent and I loved the subplot, which was about a pregnant teenager in Vietnam era, war era America. We were both attached to her and her struggle, but editors found it too distracting from our principal story about women in the Weimar Republic. Eventually, I decided the subplot was cannibalizing the book. I did a major overhaul, shrinking it from approximately one-third of the story to a small frame. This decision finally led to a book deal. As a consolation, my agent and I decided I could rewrite my pregnant teen character into a future book. Number two, the structure of your novel is confusing. Verdict revised. A lovely agent I queried early in the process pointed out that my multiple point-of-view novel did not have a predictable structure structure. She suggested that I reorganize it into chapters of relatively even length and and alternate between POV characters and a consistent pattern. I followed her advice, even though it took a lot of work. I even converted several first-person chapters into third so that the book flowed more smoothly. If it is important to you to create a varied, unpredictable mosaic of a book, 
then by all means ignore this sort of advice. But having a loosely constructed novel did nothing to strengthen my story, so this was feedback I gladly accepted. Number three, this or that character isn't likable. Verdict, ignore. I heard this a lot. The problem was that I almost never heard it about the same character. Acquisitions editors had differing opinions about which of the two orphan sisters at the heart of Fourline M was more likable or if they were likable at all. Bernie's transgender best friend, Anita, sparked even wilder swings of opinion. Agents and editors either adored her or hated her. I was tempted at times to change her character, but in the end, I'm glad I didn't. I don't believe characters have to be likable, just believable. Keeping Anita moody and jealous allowed me to contrast her with a Nazi character who at first appears charming and kind. And in the end, the bookless review of Farling M. claimed Anita, quote, steals the show as the novel's most compelling character, end quote, further proving how subjective character likability can be. Number four, your monster isn't enough of a monster. <clears throat> Verdict, revised. Only one editor mentioned this, but I took it seriously. The oil that drives your novel machine is conflict. The main source of conflict in my novel was simply not behaving badly enough to justify the lifelong risk he causes in a sister relationship. Furthermore, I chose a heavy and important topic, World War II and the Holocaust. I realized I had to adequately explore the evils committed in that time period. By intensifying one character's actions, I could increase both the narrative tension and historical significance of my work. Number five. I didn't connect with the voice. No, verdict, ignore. The first few times I read these words, I panicked. The voice? What was the matter with my voice? I'd stare at the opening sentences of my book with only the vaguest idea of what, quote, voice, end quote, it even is and how I could fix it. The bottom line is that your voice is your voice. It changes at a glacial pace as you age and experience and read. When I see these words in a rejection letter in the future, I will recognize them for what they are, a kind of way of saying, I just don't like this book. And that's okay. When you see that someone doesn't like your voice, take a breath and move on. There will be better advice in another letter. The end of this article. Well, well, good article, another good article. Um, Thank you. And I think that article is, positive affirmation mm-hmm. to all writers. I think um, once a writer reads it, it will help them to better assess themselves because you should not mm-hmm. judge yourself based on others' opinion. Mm-hmm. You should judge the worth of your writing based on its impact. Um, I had Keith Crippen as a guest on our show and um, one of the things he said, and he puts on shows, he does um, uh, theatrical productions. Mm-hmm. He uses models as well as actors and actresses in his productions. And he said the way that he judged how well his show uh, performance was is not based on the the applause, but when people come to him after the show and they ask him, when's your next show? Mm -hmm. 
And I think as a writer, mm-hmm. that's the same, on that same token, that's how we should assess. We should use that as a measuring stick mm-hmm. to assess how well of a job we did. Because when mm-hmm. someone's asking you, okay, when are you writing your next book? Yeah. When, when is your next piece mm-hmm. going to be spit? What, what, what venue are you, are you going to do it at? You know, I want to go to the next mm-hmm. open mic you have. You know that you did what you should have done, what you came to do. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Queen, uh, Duchess Fran, yeah, in other words, you've done your job. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Have them coming back for more because yeah. if you're not having them coming back for more, did you even make a connection with the audience? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a question to ask yourself. Because when you make that connection and you become real, your performance was real to them. Mm-hmm. You sold it. And they're going to want to know, okay, how can I acquire this again? You know, where's your next, mm-hmm. you know, where are you going to be? Then you know, okay, I, I, I did well, and I want to do even better next time. Right. Mhm. Did you have any other articles to read or do you um have any comments on any of what you read that you want to reiterate for our listening audience? I do have one more article to mm-hmm. read. Yes, and so I don't like have any comments on what, you know, the um the other articles I just read, I just found them to be, you know, I figured, you know, good advice. Okay. And it was yes, and they were also connected to tonight's topic about when Chris Murray was on. Well, correction, not the articles, but you know my uh, my writing advice and discovery. All right, you may mm-hmm. share. All right, and I'm continuing. This is the final article. Three Negotiating Tips for Writers by Robert Lee Brewer, and this is from Writer's Market. All right, negotiating, all right. Listen to the Writer's Market podcast series. Each free episode includes a, quote, three things, end quote, segment focused on helping writers find success with their writing. This one looks at three negotiating tips for writers. Negotiating tip number one, getting paid. Set one in negotiating a better contract, look at payment. This might seem pretty straightforward, but there are many things to consider here. For instance, how much are you getting paid? Do you receive it all at once, or is it staggered into stages like one-third of the payment as an advance, one-third on delivery of the manuscript, and the final third on publication? Is there a kill fee if they decide not to run the piece? Do you get any payment if the piece is reprinted? All of these small details may affect not only how much you get paid, but when you can reasonably expect that payment. Mm. Negotiating tip uh, number two. Negotiating tip number two, selling rights. Second, consider rights. In negotiations, rights are often as important as payment, if not more important. If you sell all rights, you're essentially given ownership of your writing to another party and will never have the ability to resell or reuse that writing again. 
It might not seem like a big deal if you're writing for a business, but it eliminates future revenue. So seriously consider whether to give up all rights to your book, to your work, without getting a super nice payment in return. Most writers will sell one-time rights and or first rights, but think about how to limit these to either first print rights, first online rights, and or first North American rights. Writers who keep more rights have more options available to them to monetize their writing. Negotiating tip number three, finding extras. Third, look for extra perks. Maybe an editor can't give you money or rights, can't give more money or rights, but maybe you can get extra contributor copies, a comp subscription to a magazine, or free admittance when an event hosted by the party. Think outside the box for ways that you can get a little extra for your writing. A few extra negotiating tips for writers. Regardless of what you negotiate, be sure to get it all in writing and in the contract. Otherwise, an editor or publisher may, quote, forget, end quote, an informal agreement. Professional writers should always negotiate on new assignments and wait for a contract before starting work. Such writers may or may not get what they request, but they set the tone for future rate increases, which should be the goal of any full-time writer. And until next time, keep writing and marketing what you write. The end of this article. Good article. Well, you have given our listening audience a lot of good articles to mm-hmm. reference, and they have received much information. Is there any homework that you would like to provide them with as for suggested reading books, text, yeah. or journals? Yeah, you uh, yeah, you read my mind, Duchess, because I was about to say that next. Mm-hmm. All right, my suggested reading is True You by Janet Jackson. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear that. This is Lady of Love. I didn't hear oh, welcome, Lady of Love. Welcome. Mm-hmm. So, Queen, right. her, she needs you to repeat the suggested reading. No, I need her to tell me that type. Janet Jackson, the Janet Jackson. Yes, the one and only Mrs. Janet Jackson. Yeah, she has a, uh, yes. And what's the name of it? It's titled True You. Mm, I like that. Thank Mm you. Mm -hmm. I like that. So many are not. Mm-hmm. You. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know. Who they are. I I serious. I don't know who they are. But they're not. Wait, you're going in and out. You can't. Um, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you hear mm-hmm. me now? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I said mm-hmm. um, so many are not true to themselves. Mm-hmm. Don't you, they're so untrue to themselves that you don't know who the heck they are when you're mm-hmm. faced when you're faced with them, you know? Yeah. And you know something, um I had mentioned, you know, Janet's book is because I was going to reading how after her divorce, how, you know, she was saying how in her marriage that he, you know, was so controlling that she wasn't able to be herself, you know, hmm. and she felt it would, you know, like 
she would lose fans and all, and, you know, mm-hmm. she just didn't feel like Miss Jackson, you know, like she usually did, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a, mm-hmm. oh, gosh. Wow, all that money. I have something to say. I have to say this because, mm-hmm. to me, celebrities are people just like you and me, all right? Yeah. I don't put them on a pedestal. They right. don't merit that. Um, they need to be treated just like everyone else. They're mm-hmm. humans, and we should respect that. They mm-hmm. have a right to their privacy. And mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, though, because of their celebrity status, they become prey and mm-hmm. are much vulnerable or most vulnerable to a lot of things, and mm-hmm. one in particular is, you know, we have uh, such perils as the paparazzi that yeah. will not even allow many of them. It's a, it's sad. They have to go into mm-hmm. their homes through the back mm-hmm. door. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I mean, they can't even have a window open. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to be very careful even throwing tra- – I've heard some things that's horrible – throwing their trash, putting their trash out because they'll literally go picking in their trash mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or uh, something they can sell to a paper, a gossip mm-hmm. column or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. It's mm-hmm. unfortunate, you know, this is the price, though, that they pay because of their fame. However, when considering she married someone of another culture, and we have to think mm-hmm. about this, ladies, as American yeah. women who are Americanized. Mm-hmm. Remember that. Mm-hmm. Been born and raised yeah. and bred and, and uh, classically taught and trained in this country. You are mm-hmm. Americanized to those that are yeah. not from here. Mm-hmm. Right. And she had to have had someone, some sister friend, sister girlfriend, to school her and educate her and let her know, honey, now, you got to remember, this man's not from here, mm-hmm. from another culture altogether, another country. They have customs. Mm-hmm. And according to them and their culture and their customs, women are supposed to be submissive to, uh, mm-hmm. to the degree where mm-hmm. the man literally does control mm-hmm. much of who they are and what they do. And mm-hmm. so... I mean, she did put herself in jeopardy in that regard. I I guess she didn't really consider him to to be like that in that way. Maybe mm-hmm. she thought, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, I can be Miss Jackson. I can be he married was, to him and still be Miss Jackson. <laughs> he was so suave. He was so suave in picking her off. That's what it was. Yeah. You know, yeah. he was, he he put that Middle Eastern charm on her. And, you know, and then so after after he's got the golden goose, now he, you know. He, and we got to say this, too. He was, he's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. And to my knowledge, she now, her net worth is, mm-hmm. is in the billion. Mm-hmm. So I guess she was looking for someone. And I don't blame her in that regard. Because if I was a billionaire, I wouldn't want to be marrying somebody that was just making a couple of dollars that, you know, hey, can I trust him? He might just be marrying me for the golden goose. You know what I'm saying? To to, to lay the golden eggs. For your loot. In a cash cow. 
so she was looking in that regard, too, because uh, let me tell you something. Most of the men Janet had in her life, they they was charming. They were Most charming. of the men she got involved with from when she uh-huh. was young, uh-huh. even when she was with the DeBarge guy, they had a charm about them. They had a swag about them. Yes, so that's, she what, that's what that. she likes. <laughs> that's what she did. It does. She's consistent in that. She got to have a that. swag and a charm. But it's just unfortunate, you know, because, you know, they have a child together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, you know, you only well. hope for the best. They can still raise mm-hmm. their child together and maintain a civil civil relationship relationship and keep the, yeah. the, the keep it civil and don't be cussing and fussing over the little baby right stuff, mm-hmm. you know but um friend oh my god <laughs> <laughs> he's oh lord have mercy but see why he put that little easter charm he laid that heavy <laughs> he laid that thing off <laughs> he went for it. hey she was and just boy, seeing Miss Jackson. That boy, let me tell you something. That boy put it all <laughs> the way down, okay? And when he got through with her, all she could do was just be, you know? And then and then it just got to be too much. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. I think that I think that's exactly how it happened. It just it got, got to be too much. <laughs> she couldn't breathe. I'm glad though she she wrote a book because a lot of times when they do that, that's healing, that's therapeutic Uh for them. So that was a smart thing to do. And it and it's it's being shared with other women Uh who and that not necessarily you know married to a billionaire or anything. Just being in that Uh type of relationship where the cat is is kind of on the controlling tip. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, because see, right. when, they, when they're controlling like that, they put it down. You hear me? Mm-hmm. They put they they, <laughs> they don't be playing. They put put it all the way down. You be like you're like butter <laughs> when they get when they get through with you. You know what I'm saying? Um. You know, but you know when it gets to be a little bit too much. See, they gotta know how to. Yeah, yeah. They gotta know how to. They, they the have to, was overboard. Yeah, they have to know how to charm you into submitting to them mm-hmm. in, in in a way that is um, that's uh, level. It's balanced, you know. Mm-hmm. Not, not, you know, just like he could have did. Like, remember the movie Mahogany when Billy D. Williams grabbed her and said. What is success if you don't have someone to share it with? <laughs> <laughs> and she just mounted in his arms. <laughs> not, not, I'm sure the way he did is probably like, you're going to do what I say. <laughs> I know, but it, you know, no, you noticed that no. she started, she started dressing less provocative mm-hmm. and, you know, her breasts and stuff wasn't all hanging out and the ass hanging yeah. out and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and that, and that's, that, that right there, I'm sure she's looking at, well, wait a minute, I can't be going on stage all draped in this, in this burqa. That's not yeah. going to be working yeah. out too well, you know what I'm saying? You know, and it just, mm-hmm. and it just went on and on and on until she, I mean, she wants her career, you know. She prefer, yeah. her, she prefer her career. I guess he thought, as she's 50 years old, uh, well, now you sit down, you know. <laughs> 
And you know, I mean, yeah, this was yeah, this was what happened with uh, um, not without my daughter, Betty my Moody, yeah. how she had to like be smuggled out of Iran because you know her husband Moody, you knowing mm-hmm. he wanted their child to stay in Iran, but he wanted Betty to go back to the states, you know, come back to America and sell everything to him. And the people that were selling her, you know, don't leave without your daughter because they saw his evil plot. Mm-hmm. You know, they saw his plot what he was going to do. You know, send her back to America. And uh, mm-hmm. divorce her, force her to send, you know, sell certain things and then send him the money and, uh, you know, bar her from entering Iran and find himself an Iranian woman who would finish raising my top, their daughter. Exactly. 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 And the next mm-hmm. thing you know, that's his wife. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, and uh, man, I wouldn't, I'm sorry. I, I, some of them are handsome, and, you know, and they're of color and all that kind of good, great stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's all right. Let that uh, country Negro or, you know, or city mm-hmm. Negro. Or, right. You know, mm-hmm. what, they, yes. you, at least you know they hear, you hear. Yeah. There ain't going to be none of that. You don't have to yeah. Know. You know, he ain't going to be trying to control me too much, you know, because he's <laughs> He ain't gonna be wanting to hear me talking and stuff, you know. So he, 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 we, 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 we get along, you know. I, I when you get older, you get kind of, you know, settled. You know what I'm saying? You, I mean, the fire is still, the fire is still there. You press it, and you, boy, you, you, you'll be very, very shocked, you know. But um, <laughs> I, I'm serious. Disagree agreeably because you've I, lived your life. You know. You know, you know pretty much who you are and 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 what you want out of life and where you're going. You're not in that discovery uh, phase. So no. yeah, you can see eye to eye with another human. Exactly. And let's build together. You know. Exactly. Exactly. Uh-huh. You know. Um. Yeah. And 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 it gives you an opportunity because of uh, maturity to weed out the garbage, you know. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you, sometimes your eyes get set on garbage. You know, garbage look good sometimes, you know. Garbage. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> oh, boy, that was well put. That's yeah. right, your eyes can get set on it. And sure, garbage, <laughs> let me tell you something, garbage can do all that you want garbage to do, <laughs> except, except Support you. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. God, God yeah. can't because he ain't prepared himself nowhere. You know, mm-hmm. so you, you know when you, when you look at that, you know when they that that's they they mainstay. Mm-mm, child, I mean I'm I have a cousin that told me say just get the <laughs> just get the mm, and keep on stepping. You know, let they ask go. But no, I don't be bothered with nobody like that. Playing around, wasting my time with no foolishness like that. Let mm-hmm. me have the real thing. Let me have yeah. somebody that can mm-hmm. see. I, I can see eye to eye with them, um, and 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 we we can build something together. You know, uh, mm-hmm. me, me supporting That's him in whatever in, That's right. yeah, whatever endeavor he has, and he's supporting me, and we can do that simultaneously. And, mm-hmm. you know, we ain't got to wait for nobody to finish nothing. Shoot, you go on and do your thing, and I'm doing mine. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And then we we meet when we're finished, you know. Mm-hmm. A simple yes. situation, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I want to uh, – this is a Warrior's Queens of Fourth Thelma. When I had that uh, True You was published on February 15, 2011. Wow, okay. Wow. Yeah. Who, was and, she and with then? Who was she with then? Uh, Jermaine Dupree. Uh, 
<laughs> I almost forgot about that yeah. one. She sure yeah. was with him during the stint. Yeah, yeah she was yeah. with Jermaine. I, I still don't. I, I look at him and I look at her. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. Well, you know what? He's a producer. So a lot of people say, you know how those producers marry the artists they do sometime, and it's just yeah. like a business contract more than anything. Yeah, yeah, just like with Mariah Carey and Tommy Mottola. That uh-huh. was his girl. <laughs> they had to smooch and all that kind of good stuff. They had to, they had to, you know, they had to do the nasty, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. They contact the beast. What do you say, <laughs> ironclad? <laughs> I don't know, man. Jermaine yeah. Dupree. The good. terms and conditions. Woo. God have yeah. mercy. I don't yeah, know. So, see, that's yeah. where I be messing up, you know. <laughs> I messed up, you know. See, it, ah. something will come along, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't meet me just where I want it to hit me. Not saying that it can't. It, you know, I'm I'm just not into it to to discover because the outer packaging maybe, or you know, or something they might have said. You know, that just like ticked me, and I'm like, I'm not even gonna be bothered with that. And, that, and that's probably the one because it doesn't. Doesn't have to always be peaches and cream, right? But right. From the beginning, it could be it could be a little turbulence <clears throat> in there, you know. And you hang out, man, and honey, it's like bingo. <laughs> you know, you got it. Yeah, well, I have to hear something. I read a little something about that marriage, and uh, Jermaine Dupree said he messed up. Oh, damn it! And she was really in love with him. So wow. <laughs> she went, wow. Wait a minute, she went from that to Middle East. Whoa, that's a long trip. Dang, God, <laughs> man, he must have really <laughs> messed her up and tough so bad. Looking to the East, boy, but man, homeboy must have had. He must have been putting it down. I don't hear nobody say nothing <laughs> else about him. You know what I'm saying? But that don't mean nothing because you know something. I want. The ones that you're with or have been with, maybe, you know, maybe something just wasn't clicking right, and then you get that one, and everything is just lovely. Yeah. Everything Mm -hmm. is just lovely. They know just what to say, you know, and all that stuff, you know. They know just Mm -hmm. how to say. I was was in my my mind, and I I was just thinking about um, my uncle and, and his wife, and how he catered to her, um, mm. you know, just he loved my auntie. He loved my auntie. He catered to her. That mm. man sent that woman to school. He worked on the railroad. That man sent that woman to school anything she wanted. He he made sure that she had it, you know. And I and I just the way he talked and stuff. I said, shoot, that's the kind of man I want. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm I'm looking for. You know, I don't know. I guess they they all gone. Uh, the D's that's out here now, honey. I don't know. God bless them. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, <laughs> I know just, that's right. I just, a lot of I, I don't know out here I, now. It's sad. I, it really, really is. And then I hear my, my little friends on Facebook talking about putting pictures in their inboxes. Please don't do that mm. to me. 
I don't want to see your stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. That, that That's not the first thing that I need to be seeing. I need to be seeing your spirit and your soul. I don't need to be seeing your attributes, you know. That made me think that you really can't use them. Yeah. You know, because you got to show it. <laughs> you know, you, you ain't got that sneak in you. You know what I'm saying? Do it, this, and let me not call it sneak the surprise. You ain't got that surprise in you. So, all right, right? Automatically, you X'd off and you're deleted. Right. And you're, you're and definitely. Mm-hmm, you're deleted because you're not correct. You you ain't got no business showing. I ain't ask you to see your stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? And if I had, you should have deleted me. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for Ooh. real. You know? Then you got these people. Girl, I don't know. I wish I had another media to go to. I'm just so fed up with Facebook and the callousness. I got somebody mm-hmm. right now trailing me. He, I don't know. I, he, I just hope he don't say the wrong thing because if he do, I'm going to light him up. I'm going to light him up like a Christmas tree down there at Rockefeller Plaza. I'm going to light that sucker up. You hear me? They're going to see the smoke. They're going to see the smoke all over America. He better not. He better (laughs) not. They're going to see the smoke. Yeah, they're going to see the smoke all over America when I get to with him. Absolutely. You know what? You know what? You know what? This is Warriors Queens of Forest Elman. I want to continue on with our. I did suggest a reading, so I do want to continue with my anti-Trump art warriors resistance. Yes, ma'am. Yes. All right. Yeah. Sorry about you know Mrs. Jackson's true you making a butterfly effect into this boom catastrophe. (laughs) Hey, you know that I'll call that the soul food. Soul food segment of the show, because we, we got to have some soul food as well. Yeah. <laughs> all, it's all good. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if she eats soul food. Maybe so. Maybe so. She might eat pork and stuff like that. I you think know. she's on a strict diet, because, I mean, you know, she's trying to maintain a certain figure Wait. and everything. Mm-hmm. But you know what I like? During her pregnancy, she ate. If she don't ever eat <laughs> she ate what she it's ate. What she, bitch, she got. I said, go ahead, Dad. And she fed herself and her baby. She ain't play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was she right, was so, eating yeah. good. No, mm-hmm. see that man. That man didn't want. That man didn't want <laughs> that girl to take them clothes off and be showing them big boosting no, to, to the world. Covered. Okay, that was his problem. He wanted her covered up because the last song that she did. <laughs> Um. Oh God, the last one, the very last one that she did, and she was clothed all up. Mm-hmm. You ain't gonna get no sleep. Oh yeah. Gonna, oh my goodness. She was all no. she was all clothed all the way up to the neck and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, she was strutting and stuff and sassy and stuff. But her clothing, I, that's just not Janet. You know, Janet mm-hmm. shows herself. You know. And that man said, oh, no, honey, you ain't doing this. <laughs> and that, that girl said, mm-mm, said, no, see, you the wrong one. I know you can you can do it. You rock my chops and everything. You do all that good stuff on that, but that's all right. <laughs> well, and I didn't and know when I bought the soul food. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard the soul food. 
Mm. I'm a Sherry from mm. none other than Queen Poetress, Lady of Love, otherwise known as Lois Spirit Led Shaw. Yes, indeed, we honor her on this platform tonight. Mm. And now, Quirious, Quirious, Queens of Pora is going to wrap up the free publishing tips session, and we'll hear a poem from Lady of Love, and then we will call it a night. Queens of right. the mic is in your hands. Thank you, Duchess Fran. So I was going to um, start um, continuing on with my anti-Trump art warriors resistance. So mm-hmm. I'm going to start off with the short art first. All right, pictures and quotes. Number one, painting title, Superheroes Come in All Shapes and Sizes by Linda Wood. Number two, the Madhouse painting by William Hogarth is for deconstructing visual, culture, and art history on mental illness found at Penn, but Penn to us. The picture is part of a Rake's Progress series. Mm, okay. Yes, and, what, yep, and the picture mm. shows two rich women who paid to watch the inmates for entertainment. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I don't mm-hmm. like the sound of that. Mm-hmm. That's something. Sickness. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, quote, number one, you can't use up your creativity. The more you use, the more you have. Maya Angelou. Mm-hmm. 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 I agree. Number two, an artist paints, draws, designs, writes, sings, cooks, plays, but does not turn that work into art. The audience does by Kazoo Kibushi. And number three, I do not think there is an artist of any value that doesn't doubt what they're doing. Francis Ford Coppola. Exactly. Yes, you, mm-hmm. you do. You do fall under that, that syndrome at times, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, you're, I was listening to some of your stuff. Yeah, very, very informative. Um, you know, i got to start promoting my book, so I, I need all the tips I can get. All right, thanks for hearing about, you know, the articles that I read. And what I find useful, no, I'll share it. Please do. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Now moving on, you know, to the next short category is music. Number one, Unbreakable by Michael Jackson. Number two, Tribute to a Woman by Genuine. And number three, There's Got to Be a Way by Mariah Carey. Now I'm going to ask you if you can explain why you selected each of those artists and their music, if you can kind of elaborate for our listeners. Thank you. All right. So since it's, um, it's connected to the topic that I'm talking about, that's why. So Unbreakable by Michael Jackson is that the things, you know, is the resistance that you have inside of you, and that's what makes you unbreakable. Yes. And then, yes. All right. And then Tribute to a Woman by Genuine, and the lyrics and what, you know, he talks about how you have to, you know, just keep moving, keep going, no matter how tired you want to give up, keep going forward until you reach your goal. Mm-hmm. Yes. And There's Got to Be a Way by Mariah is where she talks about, 
you know, about the whole, you know, supremacy. Mm. Now, Mm -hmm. so in that particular song, she touches on how there's this uh, divide in our country uh, between, you know, groups, Mm -hmm. whether you want to say it's based on ethnicity, color, or creed, but there is that social divide that, yes, exists here in North America. And um, I do understand that she is what you would classify as biracial or more than one um, ethnicity um, herself. So she grew up experiencing Mm -hmm. firsthand how um, one parent in one social environment was treated one way and the other a different way Mm -hmm. based on uh, ethnicity. Yes. In fact, you know, I'm listening and I'm also going to like with the lyrics and one mm-hmm. of the lyrics that uh, um, sticks out was there. She says, oh, goodness. Here it is. In another land, they still believe color grants supremacy. I don't understand how there can be regulated bigotry. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we have to... Uh, I'm hoping by at least 2020, um, (laughs) I don't want to get into politics because, of course, Mm -hmm. we know there will be another election for (laughs) Mm. (laughs) president around that time. Didn't they impeach that rascal? You're right if he doesn't get impeached before then. But hopefully by that time, we'll really see a change in the face of our nation regarding mm-hmm. race relations and yeah. how people uh-huh. treat each other, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in our so right. vision. Mm-hmm. So I'm going on you know, with films. Mm-hmm. The Equalizer with Denzel Washington. And number two, The Dark Tower with Idris Elba. Matthew McConaughey, and The Dark Tower is based on the Stephen King novel. And I am, yes, I'm a big Stephen King fan, and I am um, also promoting that movie. <laughs> I already started using social media to do that. And, and it's like, you know, the, 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 the especially movie, when he's mm-hmm. the movie. What's the name of the movie? I love the plot. I really do. The plot. Yeah, the Dark Tower, yeah. The Dark the Tower, Dark Tower. Yeah. yeah. And Idris like Elba that. is the uh, y'all like that dark uh, stuff. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, stop. Yeah. It's not that. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the link. I'm gonna inbox mm-hmm. message it to you. Check this out. Mm-hmm. You would appreciate this. You would. Okay. Appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So as Idris Elba. Ah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, that brother. Go and Matthew McConaughey <laughs> too. We got <laughs> Vanilla. Come on now. You oh. can't go wrong with them two. Oh my goodness <laughs> me! That interests Elba. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? Now, him I cannot be the uh, brother like that. You know, a brother <laughs> like yeah. I, not necessarily being an actor. Now you know, but you know, he just—he—it's just something about him. He has to be a beautiful brother. He just—he yeah. just has to be. You know. <laughs> Well, we got to show some love to Matthew McConaughey, too. I mean, you know, let's go and and also show some love for the lighter-skinned brothers, too, because, I mean, he's holding it down in that film. 
I just mm-hmm. don't like that he's the bad guy. Per se, well, he's this. been the bad guy a couple of times. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, know. I like him as a good guy more so in in mm-hmm. a lot of the films that I've seen him in. But you know what? He's mm-hmm. a good bad guy. Mm-hmm. I'll see that much for this film from seeing the trailer and um, getting a little more in depth detail about the film. But I love the plot. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. what I like too is Stephen King highlights how much the world is being influenced by literature. Oh, yes. This, this boy, he reads this book, mm-hmm. which puts me in mind of the never-ending story plot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there you go again. It's like, you know, uh, literature impacts what's happening in society in such mm-hmm. a powerful way and how mm-hmm. literally the books on the pages became reality. And wow. then how it, he also touches on the fact that you use your mind. The real mm-hmm. power is being able to use your mind to make things happen. For happen. You. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it gets mm-hmm. into that, too. So you need, I truly it, believe that. Mind over matter is brought out mm-hmm. beautifully in that film, too. Mm-hmm. What, you, yeah. what, what you concentrate on, that's what you get. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And, and, you and have uh, power. You you have that power. You mm-hmm. know, mentally, um, I'll never forget it was that commercial ad, the mind is a terrible thing. Terrible thing to waste. It is mighty. It's mighty. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're not using a lot of the the potential of the mm-hmm. the mind, the brain mm-hmm. and so we don't get the results that we want in life. But that's a movie I definitely recommend a must see movie. Mm-hmm. That might be one for me and my girlfriend to go and see. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. she likes. She likes. I will she say likes, yes. She likes girls stuff like that. Yes, girls night out. That's a perfect. Yes, mm-hmm. that's a perfect plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, well, I'm, I'm, going, I'm not going. I'm not going away. You could do a co-ed date too with that. Uh-huh. You could do a co-ed date too with that. Um, I ain't seen nothing down here I wanted to co-ed with. <laughs> okay. Well, you might meet them at the movies. You know at what I mean? the movies? <laughs> that happens sometimes, too. Well, maybe I have to change states to do that. I have to come home <laughs> or come up there to Philadelphia or something. <laughs> and, and, um, and not down here. Not for me, anyway. I, You know. Oh, my goodness. I haven't seen anything. I, I, I mean, it's... Nah, I, I, you know, no, no, heck, no. The first time, the first time that I even tried to, to even just give it a shot, and mm-hmm. it just ended terribly. You know, it didn't go anywhere because right in the top of it, um, the person was just not my type of head material. You know, he just was off. You know, and I'm like, mm. No, that's not my kind of language, brother. I don't talk. I don't, you know, you don't even know me. Well, we definitely know, you know, it's a time and place for everyone. And, mm-hmm. you know, it don't happen when everything's supposed to happen. Just stay hopeful and, mm-hmm. you know, just get together because you definitely do that well. 
um, you know, and if it a lot of fish don't. in the sea. Yeah, it is. I, I got Unfortunately, to though, we way. know it's some, some other junk in the sea, but, you know. <laughs> I got to come up that way, friend. I can't mess around down here or either come into Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I think so. Sometimes people isolate themselves to their hometown. Mm-hmm. You might find your significant Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright in another state or county even. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. just be open exactly. to travel. Yep. Yes. That's right. Yes, well, I my should, parents, I, they found each other, and they were both in two different states, and they were born in two different states and migrated to two different states and met each other in a, a neutral state. So, I mean, it happens. So, you know. In, in, in places that I've visited and, and states that I've lived and you know, I, I my mind goes backwards, and I'd be like, you know, San Francisco was nice. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was nice. Let me jump over there. Let me go take myself over there and just see what's going on over there. Sacramento was nice. Okay. You know, Chicago was nice, you know. Um, and of course home is nice. Mhm. You know. Home is home is is very nice. I'm I'm just not living there anymore. But you right. know, I'm now just home saying to you, is that New York? New York is home. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is I, a mar- microcosm of the whole country, pretty much. <laughs> they say that's the big apple. If you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's what they say. I guess I'm I'm making it. You know, I just don't have a I don't have a love life, which I think there's a reason why. You know, mm-hmm. I I honestly truthfully believe that there's an absolute reason why because God wants me in a in a a different place. Before he bring that mister into my life, you know. So, mm-hmm. and you're saying. also planning to do some more traveling, right? Like, you have some more places you want to. Yeah, I want to go out of the country, no, but mm-hmm. these people keep fighting and carrying on. I'm scared. To go. Mm-hmm. I'm scared to go mm-hmm. anywhere. They blowing up stuff and carrying on. The only place that seems it's safe is the um, is South America or the Caribbean, and I really uh-huh. I think you know, uh, I know that's right. And huh. Canada, um, it's not too much trouble going on there right now, and they're really not that far <clears throat> in distance from North America too. That's enough. and they're still. Yeah. I mean, the streets are cleaner for one. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And they're very um uh in terms of how they receive you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a, a more of a kind neighbor mm-hmm. uh, attitude from mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. They don't have like a lot of the uh issues discrimination yeah. old crap like over here. I, like here. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used and you to know what I yeah, th- yeah. This is Warriors Queen. Go ahead, uh, Lady of Love, Shaw. I I go. I used to go skiing up north, mm-hmm. you know, and um, um, I would be uh, off the off the border, the Canadian border, or mm-hmm. I might just jump over to the Canadian border, just going over, uh, mm-hmm. not to ski, but I would be all even. I'm gonna tell you something. Even up north, Maine, Vermont, stuff like that, they're mm-hmm. different from these people down here. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally, totally different, you know. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, I don't know. Maybe the cold air 
uh, up that way freezes that part of their brain so it doesn't allow <laughs> doesn't allow, mm. doesn't wow. allow for them to act up, you know. But they're, they're yeah, I, I understand. I understand what you mean. This is Warriors Queens before Lady yeah. of Love. I understand what you mean about, you know, the weather part is yeah. because I, I think in a psych book, a psychology book, the hotter it is, you know, the crazier people get. Yeah. Yeah, it seems especially down here. Down here it's it's um you know, but see I fault my people because see my people that these people get too much of the upper end of the rope and and they done took the rope and tied around them, you know, and and I'm standing on the outside looking cuz I'm not getting in that circle, you know. I think they kind of well know that I'm just not part of that, you know. I'm not no yes sir, three bags full sir person, you know, you're going to treat me with dignity and respect if you're not. You're going to get blasted. And I'm going to talk about your great <laughs> Uncle Manning from whence you come, you know. Uh, yeah, y'all yeah. might have to go get the pastor. And that's no joke, you know. You mm. just may have to go get the pastor for me to cease, you know. But um, it, um, every place, every place outside of this United States, I have a Philippine, up to, well, he's my friend now through his wife. His wife was my friend. And he's Filipino. That girl married that man. And it's been years. How long? It's been since 2008. And they're still there. It's almost 10 years. Almost 10 years. They got two, I think, two two kids and something like that. Shouldn't it look like it's going well? I've seen them recently. Things look very, very well. Maybe I might jump over to the Philippines and see what I can find. Hey. Wherever the spirit leads you, Madam Spirit led, Lois Show, I know it'll be the right place and at the right time. Yeah, that much I know. I'm just talking right this minute, child. I got all this doggone work to do, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got no time to be fixing no cornbread for nobody, no pot of collard <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is uh, yeah, this is Warriors Queens of Fourth Thomas. I have one more piece of art, and then I'm gonna wrap it up for tonight. All right. And it's, uh, and the we'll show is uh, yeah. from Lady right. of Love and Call all right. It Night. All right. So the all right. So the show is a uh, Swamp Thing series. Mm-hmm. Once a scientist named Alec Holland, whose secret lab was destroyed by Anton Arcane and his cronies, turning him into the Swamp Thing. He now protects the swamp from evil with his supernatural powers over nature. Ooh. I didn't realize the swamp thing plot was that. I had a whole different scenario in my head. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like more like the creature of the Black Lagoon type. <laughs> but I got mm-hmm. it now. Thank you, Queen. Warriors, Queen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all like them kind of movies. Ooh. Lord. <laughs> Something jumping out the dark. <laughs> oh yeah, know. that was the lagoon. Oh yes, <laughs> that was a swamp creature to me. That was a swamp thing to me. Oh no, <laughs> honey, <laughs> that's all right. That it's thing enough. was ugly though. <laughs> it's what I'm talking about. It's enough ugly people out here doing ugly things. <laughs> I cannot go I'm to the movie and see. See this, you know what I'm saying? You know, I always wondered, like those kinds of myths and folklore. I always wonder, is there 
some element of truth. Like somebody was out late at night one night, probably mm. around midnight or something, and seen something come up out. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Yeah, you know, this is, uh, yeah, yeah, this is Warriors, Queens, the Forest Salmon. And uh, um, Justice Brown, I understand what you mean because um, it was said that down south in the, Ameri- in the south, Mm-hmm. That something will be looking in the window at you while you sleep. <laughs> oh Lord, yes, Lord. That's how come I don't they open my windows. Inspired it, right? And, and, and there is another folklore, right? A southern folklore is that people would hold their uh, put a a horseshoe upside down over the house, you know, yes. at the entrance to keep out, you know, the spirit. Oh my God! Yeah. My now my husband. <laughs> They would put the horseshoe under their sofa, Whoa. and it would be in a hidden place where nobody would expect it. But that was supposed to ward off any negativity. It's like the boomerang effect, to send it mm. back to the sender. If something negative was being projected or coming to your doorstep, it would bounce back. That's what that horseshoe was supposed to be. <laughs> where are they from? Um, uh. Several places. <laughs> oh my goodness! Got a, um, mixed heritage too. We both do. But um, I think that is more. Um, I don't know if that's American tradition with the horseshoe. Or I don't know. You asking the wrong person. European. That could be European. Mm. But I know America has embraced that too. A lot of people do still use the horseshoe. And then, like, the, you know, the rabbit's foot is another charm. <laughs> well, he wasn't too lucky. He done lost his foot, so that that, don't, that ain't too good. He, he wasn't very lucky with them feet because he, he lost it, you know. Yeah. Somebody's got it on a keychain or whatever. What's up, you guys? I'm back. Woo! The muse. All right, well. We're just wrapping things up. I think Queen Zipporah was finalizing. She um, had something final that mm-hmm. she was stating, and then she's going to wrap up. Then we're going to hear a poem from Lady of Love, and then we're going to oh, uh, yeah. close uh, tonight. So. Great, great. Just remember, uh, Donaldson loves you. Yes, Donald. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. You and Wait. yes, the Exceptional Scribble Show host and every panel list on this panel loves Donaldson too. Oh, okay. Yes. He's, he's I experienced some really, really good vibes on this on these calls. But uh, I just got off an excellent call. I was on the other line. That's why you didn't hear me for a minute. Uh, oh, okay. Talking about the was talking about the Federal Reserve note. Uh, love. Okay. Uh, and how it's basically for Federal Reserve agents only. It's evidence of de facto, de facto currency right here, and it's not constitutional. Uh-huh. Okay, and therefore what? That means all states are acting in a de facto condition of state, and and that means that the common law offices of the state are are vacant and available for you and for me to step into and help out at the local community level. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Information. Is, we need to hmm. really do something about this. We need to get that information widely dispersed because I'm sure a lot of the public does not have awareness of that fact. And we need to wow. really 
right? Isn't that women. isn't that a phenomenal fact? Uh, uh, That's point, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Duchess. Yes, um, Sage the poet does affirm your true <laughs> statement. <laughs> it's a it's 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 an every it's really more of a recognizing it and uh you know I didn't mean to intrude with that but I, I actually was going to just conclude my time on the call and wanted to say box strings MCs to the mic yeah that's that peace and just wanted to say peace to will. To everybody on the call, thank you guys. I got I got to tell someone else about the Federal Reserve notes. Okay. All right. Thank you for dropping in. Yes. Yo, y'all be cool. Aaron. Lady Aaron. Love, can you spit a poem before I jet? I mean, I'm I'm in a rush, but I mean, I I do want to hear something from you. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I've got something on my board. It's called nice when one. when thought manifests. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, here we go. Thoughts of you rainbowed my mind, pastel hues sprinkled about like soft, warm rain. I dialed your number. His voice brought a new meaning to good morning, baby. I asked myself again to only hear the same, bound to him from the foundation lay. It is just that way, Mm. mixture of DNA. I am on my way to bring breakfast. She was smelling delicious. Her natural heat and primordial testified to herself of the presence of her aphrodisiac waiting to engulf him. My beauty was stepping out of the shower as I walked in, chairing my things, for they were dropping to reach his bare level I so needed to touch, allowing my sense of smell Enjoy his damp, soap-scented flesh, kissing his lips of pleasure, anointing my tongue with his taste, while sliding my hands where I delighted over his six-foot frame. Delirium shook my body as he touched back like I knew he would, now saturating his fingers inside of the waters of my churning pool that pulsed now like a, a deep and powerful wind stirring her flow. My head rests on his ample chest. His chest hair had the scent of lavender. Mm. Moving heated arms and hands about the unclothed places of our bodies, adding warm, pleasing that cause reverberation to meet breast to breast in the height of our moan. My eyes met his as we searched for positions. He licked my sweetest spot, spoke to my birth section, found his fingering way to open the gates for his entry. Artistically, he tongued his way to a full plie, making making full use of the width of my weakening legs. She simpered with each stroke and drawled his name. He groaned with each passion display, escaping her from deep within. He coaxed her to the doorsteps of his palace, then excited her pleasure, elevation as he effortlessly intoxicated her. Submission one, he, submission one, he bathed his queen with his wide, flat surface, retracting 
to curls that arched and lift her, making his conversation and her response flow as warm milk in summer. He whispered out of head sweetness to his creation, so different every time, when all was soft and so magnificently well. She served her twerking giant well. He smiled. (laughs) (laughs) Fire blade! Yeah. (laughs) Everybody put your lighters up in the air right now. Lady love. Or if you don't have a lighter, use your cell phone flashlight. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you know what? Yeah. All right, everyone, this is uh, is Warrior Duchess Queen Zephora Thelman signing off for tonight. Yeah. Good night. Good night. Queen Zephora Thelman is back, people. Go for hiatus. Welcome back, Queen. Yeah. And Warriors, Mm -hmm. and we are excited that you're back, and we thank you. For the awesome pre-publishing tips hour that you delivered tonight, very informative forum. Thank you, thank you, thank you for support. Actually, thank she's you. so on point that I get irritated because yeah. she, she's right. She's right <laughs> about everything she says. See, you all need to listen up to Queen Support. Uh, actually, warrioress, warrioress. How do you say that? Yes, warrioress. Warrioress, Queen Zipporah, with the, uh, um, yeah. with the on point writing yeah. t- tactics. Awesome, Jeez. awesome. Y'all had a good show Thank you, tonight. Queen. I, yeah, well. and we're going to share the archive link, um, Lady of Love, so that you'll get to hear the um, outstanding interview hour. We mm. had Chris Murray on. He is um, the blog writer for the Chris Murray Report. Mm-hmm. He is a sports writer, and he's also a journalist, and he's also a professor who is an adjunct professor. He teaches English at Bowie uh, State University in Maryland. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome, awesome hour. And uh, Master Scribe called in. He gave some very good value Input. Oh my, we had an awesome time. So I'm going to share that archive link with you, so you get a chance to hear that. That was our first hour. Please, actually please. went over an hour, hour and a half. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. That was that was fabulous. That was what I what I heard was just absolutely fabulous. Mm-hmm. I, of course, I, you know, I, Queen Zipporah, she always does her hour awesome and. You know, she's back off her hiatus. Uh-huh. She's away on vacation for a period yet in the special assignment she was on. Okay. And um, she's back with a vengeance. Now she is the warrioress queen. Okay. The warriors. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have some memes. Uh, this year we're going to have some memes, which are just, you know, some figures outside of our initial face, you know, that we use to promote as a symbol, the energy that we emanate. So you're going to notice some memes are being used for Queen Zipporah, the warrioress queen, and myself, Sage the Poet, and um, Donaldson Floton. It's all good. Nothing to exploit, only to promote 
what is the truth as far as the energy each one of us emanates. Mm-hmm. You guys, Absolutely. there is so much energy. Absolutely. So beautiful. It's all energy, and it's all so connected. Mm-hmm. Yes. You hear so much about solar energy, but not enough about lunar. Make lunar. love with yourself. I say make love with yourself. Do it daily and breathe in the sensuousness. Release into yourself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And again, <laughs> I must reiterate. Hey, be I've been inspired. So You've be been inspired. Go ahead. Oh. We hear okay. so much about solar energy, but we don't hear enough about lunar. Lunar energy. I'm going to uh-huh. do a show on that and have someone um, of Native Aboriginal heritage to share because there's a lot about the lunar energy that we as humans wearing Earth suits should know. So we're going to do a show on that in the future. Queen Zipporah, um, I'm going to dedicate the show to you because you are always talking about your Aboriginal uh, Indigenous heritage. And oh. I just... Really? Wow. Wow, amazing. That's amazing. He always uses this platform to share something about her Aboriginal and Indigenous heritage and her people. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason why she changed her name to Warrioress Queen, because Mm -hmm. she learns about the nation that Mm -hmm. she is a descendant of, and they are of a war, warrior nature. So in sync with her heritage, warrior. to change her nature. Warrior nature. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's Donaldson chiming yeah. in. I do that. Yeah. No. And I just yeah, Lady of Love. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say this before. Yeah. yeah, Lady of Love, yes, I'm black and Cherokee. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't you know, like that. I, I, I got a quickness. I got a I got a <laughs> mixture like that. Too. My my grandmother walked into into the town that my mother was born in, and uh, my cousins say that you know this was a an Indian woman mm-hmm. with hair hair down to her back, but nobody knew very knew too much about her, and she didn't live very long. She had three two three girls and a boy. She had four children, and um, when my mother was four, this woman died. And the the last baby was in a blanket, okay? So she wow. was a, a baby, you know. And no one knew very... I, I know her name, um, but I haven't been able to trace her back. I could see in the archives, I guess it might have been the um, uh, census. I can mm-hmm. I see I see her name, and it's not spelled the way it's... it's Sounds. It's not spelled the way it sounds. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, yeah, I said, wow, there, there is something. There's something. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is, but it's something. But that's on one side. Mm-hmm. On the other side, we know. We absolutely mm-hmm. 100% know. If you see my father, my father's cheekbones are very high. Yeah. Very, very, very high. You know, and you can tell mm-hmm. that you know, these people are some types of Indian, you know. But that's all of us. We were, man, we were here first. Shoot, ain't no mm-hmm. pilgrims, pilgrims yes. nowhere, and no mm-hmm. pilgrimage. We mm-hmm. were here first. Not all of us had. Not all of our ancestors were slaves, like roots. Mm-hmm. To pick, some of us have ancestors that are indigenous of this land, meaning they were already here. 
and they yeah. belonged to a nation, whether they were Shawnee, Choctaw, Cree, yeah. Sioux, yeah. Seminole. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's so many nations. Yeah, black, I heard yeah, something black, about they were the indigenous. And if you do the research, before George Washington, mm-hmm. they formed the confederation, which was uh, yeah. called the Iroquois mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, Confederation. And it was made up of, uh, there were four chiefs. I believe Singbull uh-huh. was one, Geronimo was another, and yeah. um, Black Elk was one. And there was one more, but there were four chiefs that formed this. And so the very first founding fathers, they were not the um, settlers. Those crooks that came came from jail. They weren't those (laughs) crooks that came from Right, they were indigenous. So, you know, unfortunately, again, you can see how the indigenous people, the aboriginals um, of this land, they have been disenfranchised. And mm-hmm. um, I think as their descendants, anyone who knows that they descended from um, an indigenous nation, it is our duty to affirm uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in whatever way we do it. You know, some of us are changing our names. I just found out my aboriginal name. <laughs> and the <laughs> elder actually in my family is responsible for that. And I had shared it on a post, and it's Sig- Sigoy Watiha. Sigoy Watiha. Mm-hmm. And it means seer or see. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. said that they blessed me with that name because that was the spirit energy. That was the spirit that they saw. Mm-hmm. They were born. Earth, from me growing up, mm-hmm. becoming a woman, just watching my life. That was the Spirit energy. That was the spirit that mm-hmm. they saw. So I embraced that, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I would that my yeah. grandmother, my I would if she was still alive because she was definitely a seer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can remember so much stuff. But you see, this when I was born, this woman was 60 years old. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So yeah, you know she. Um, I I would that she were still alive because I was telling somebody this morning about her going down in the woods and getting those herbs and stuff and making yeah. her making yeah. her her. Yeah. She knew how to do yeah. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And and she and um, like if I I had strep throat all the time every time you turn around I had this mm. crap. And if my grandmother was in New York. Honey, I'd be well overnight. I'd be burning up mm-hmm. with fever. If, <laughs> right. my, if, if my if my if my if my beautiful was there, you guys. Earth, love um, you. If, love you. Earth mm-hmm. wisdom, wisdom, wisdom of mm-hmm. nature and mm-hmm. knowledge of the earth. But you know, it's coming back. This is the mm-hmm. era where all of that natural medicine, mm-hmm. um, homeopathic. Mm-hmm. Uh, healing, healers, even it's all coming back. It's coming full circle because the, the descendants are embracing mm-hmm. their heritage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are in the age. We are being ushered out of the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius, mm-hmm. and um, and so there definitely are some changes taking place because mm-hmm. see now we're coming into understanding the perfection of love, you know, and what love does mm. and, and that love energy, what it can mm. produce. 
and um, the homeopathic and all that. Because you see, you know, you have to have a profound love to want to see somebody healed. And you, you, you got to real, you know, you got. There has to be something in you that just turns over, and it's like, you know, what can I do? How do I do it? And right. God, will get, God will give you the way. He definitely will give you the way once you submit yourself to being used by Him for another human being. And that's what it's all about, being in, in submissive servitude for God. Not in submissive servitude, to, you know, for man, but to him. You know, because uh-huh. he, he, feel, he can't feel. He feels things through us because he's a spirit. He feels things through us. That's why he created us, so that he could, he could understand how, how it feels, you know. Uh, it's, it's it's just an amazing thing, you know. We are so blessed, and when people act all unseemingly and all ignorant, it just man, I just want to kick them right in the flat of their back. Hopefully, that it would right. straighten them out, you know. That's it. Yeah, but you see, we have we got to work that six months uh, for ourselves, and six months just leaving they dumb behinds alone. And by that time, it's it's a whole year, and so we just start all over again. Six months to take care of you, and six mm-hmm. months to leave the leave the fools alone. Those that want to come, you join hands with them. The fools, let them just keep on going. You know. That's right. Well said. And that's what we're doing. If no one else chooses to follow suit, then hey, that's on them. But the ones that are awake, that's what we're doing. The awake. Population. Yeah. We yeah. are moving in the right direction, Absolutely. and uh, we will see the end result mm-hmm. that we are looking for. It takes time. Everything, you know, it's a process. Mm-hmm. But as long as we stay focused and stay the course, we will meet that expected end. Exactly. Exactly. Things are going to change. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all just keep my family in prayer. Just keep us lifted mm-hmm. up. Cause, um, my sister is in hospice now. So. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Still do. Yeah. So y'all just oh. please, because my little niece is there. You know, she's not little. She's a grown woman, but, you know, it's her mommy, you know. Right. You know, and it's it's hard because we went through the same thing with our mother, you know, same, the same. I, I don't even want to look. We had to, I, I thank God that I was able to go and be with her um, last month, and we had so much fun. We were eating garbage, you know, whatever she wanted. I drove five miles to get her some tacos. She wanted it. And um, I... Um, you know, I, we were eating Twinkies, but we, we mm-hmm. no no sodas. We we drink. We're water drinkers. We drink water. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and she wanted tea, and so I went to get her some tea, and I got like three cups, you know, so that she would mm-hmm. have enough for a while. And uh, um, and she, she had one of my cousins on the phone, and the cousin wanted to know where was I, and um, she she said she's probably somewhere talking. And I, what it was was taking me so long. I had to get all this water, you know, mm-hmm. together, and you know, and bring up to her. But we 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 laughed about it. That's my point. Yeah. We laughed. We had so mm-hmm. much fun. We laughed until we were crying. It was, you know, just a beautiful time. My niece and I fell asleep in some hard club chairs, mm-hmm. and um, 
I, I, I said, you know, I didn't even hurt. I, you know, I wasn't even uncomfortable. My head was laying over. Everybody was asleep. My sister was asleep, mouth open and everything. And, and that was our time together. And then after I got home, when I got home, she went back into the hospital that Monday. I left on Thursday. Monday she was in the hospital. And, wow. between, and then right after that, my mother visited me. She came, and I was, oh, God. Oh, God, you know. She didn't say anything. She didn't say a word. She just looked at me in that way that it's like a shock, you know. And I guess she was coming to, to give me peace. And, you know, uh, because of what the inevitable is, you know, they mm-hmm. sent her home and told, uh, told her that they had done all that they could do. Mm. So, you know, keep mm-hmm. my family in prayer there. They'll do, yeah. They're getting ready to go to our, oh, God, 30th, some 30th uh, Anniversary, yeah. not anniversary, family reunion. Yeah, we're, yes. okay. we're going to, we're going, they're going to Indiana, but I'm not going. Mm-hmm. I, you know, because I don't know what's oh, happening. Oh, right. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't go anywhere. And by to, your sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just in case she tells yeah. me to come home, I got to go. You know, I got to mm. go passage, and I got to go. Um, but um, it's my little niece. I, I yeah. Just, you know, because she lost her sister to a mm. breathing <clears throat> breathing disease, and. Um, mm. The, the older the older sister uh, three years I think now ago, and um, then right after they buried my my niece, my sister discovered she got cancer in her breast, oh. and then huh. it went it went oh. from the, it went from the breast to the bone. I I believe it's only stress. I promise you I, that thing is stress. You know, and she had an uh-huh. ugly marriage. You know, the cheating uh-huh. and all. All the foolishness that and goes with that nonsense, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then yeah. it weakens the the body's the, uh, the immune um, system. That's the immune it system it tore her it's down. Vulnerable to a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It tore her down, and then um, when um, I got well, when I went home, that's when she really couldn't hold it no longer because she doesn't want me to cry because I'm the crier. She mm-hmm. doesn't want me to cry, so she held it, and then she finally had to tell me it's in my stomach. And oh. you know, God, I was like, Lord have mercy. Wow. She, could, she couldn't mm-hmm. go to the bathroom, and then at one point she said she couldn't urinate, so it was mm-hmm. covering up everything. You know, just oh wow. My baby sister, she's not. She's you know. Mm. We st- we still young, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was looking, you know, for us to be ninety and a hundred years old, you know, fussing and yeah. carrying on, you know. But it's what God says, and then too, just because she's in hospice doesn't mean that it's all right. over either. That's right. Because some people you know, come up yeah. out of that. I'm coming yeah. out. Of, that's uh, right. Yeah, uh, and uh, this is a warrior's queen before us, Elman, Lady of Love. Uh, would you um, like to hear some recommended herbs? For your sister's condition? Uh yes. You know what you do? You send them to me in my in my message box. We're friends. Throw mm-hmm. throw them right up in there because there's star fruit. Excuse me. My beautician told me about star fruit, and I just left the beauty parlor a couple of days ago, and I've been um, 
trying to find this stuff here because mm-hmm. I would get it um, get it um, not completely ripe and then mail it off. So by the time mm-hmm. it gets to New York, it's ripe. Mm-hmm. It's uh, star fruit, Cambodia, Cambodia, something like that. Is oh, the scientific name, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the scientific name of it. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. star fruit. Um, it looks like a green. It looks like a green pepper with a lot of spines. Mm-hmm. It looks like a green pepper with a lot of spines, or it's actually like a star. You know. Yeah, I'm looking it up now, and I see it. Yeah, star. It looks like a starfish. Mhm. Mhm. So that yeah. that's what. Um, so anything else that you may have, you know, mm-hmm. um, you may know about, please put it in my sure. inbox so that mm-hmm. I can. I can get this over to my niece, you know, because she's um, she's light, you know. She's not she's not in the dark. Um, she, you know, and we all believe in holistic medicine, right? You know, we've we've been we, we um, build up our immune system years over twenty something years ago because we had a nutritionist that helped us. Mm-hmm. And guide us through that, you know. Um, we mm-hmm. took the the Kalidal silver water. We used to have that stuff delivered mm-hmm. until something happened with the company and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. anything yeah. that's going yeah. to help you. The FDA oh. wants to get into it and claim that it's no, it's oh, yeah. of no value. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We every morning, all of us drank an ounce of that that water, and mm-hmm. we were we were fine. We were fine. We took uh, myataki, uh, mm-hmm. mushrooms, mm-hmm. The uh, mushrooms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. all of that mm-hmm. stuff, you know. Um, Alpha antioxidants. Right mm-hmm. now I do, um, I do, and I, I gave it to her as well, um, oil of oregano. And, yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah. And vitamin Those C. Are me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what, uh, Lady of Love? This mm-hmm. glorious queen supports them. I recommend go heavy on vitamin C, a thousand milligrams. Mm-hmm. Cancer hates vitamin C. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. another thing, cancer hates an mm-hmm. alkaline pH water yeah. body. So start uh, monitoring the pH levels mm-hmm. of the foods you're eating. Stay mm-hmm. away from the high acidic foods. Yeah. Because okay. they definitely will. Um, we can weaken the body's defenses Mm -hmm. against Mm -hmm. cancer. Mm -hmm. We already have certain T cells in our body, but Mm -hmm. what will trigger them Mm -hmm. is if our um, environment, our physical environment becomes highly acidic. So you want to be careful. Make sure your pH level stays balanced. Seven Mm -hmm. is a good number. You want to keep it there. Yeah. Yeah. If anything above that, then something, you're getting too much acid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you got to start eliminating certain foods from your diet. Mm-hmm. Be very Definitely. careful. And stay organic as much as possible. Oh, yeah. Stay organic. Um, yes. Not Make sure that you're reading labels because now um, they're labeling food that's non-GMO. Mm-hmm. From the fruits to the vegetables to the meats to the even dairy products, they're actually labeling foods now. The FDA is doing that. Where and it's they're genetically, um, you want to make sure yeah. it's non-GMO because that mm-hmm. means it's not cloned, mm-hmm. and also that means it's not chemically induced mm-hmm. yeah. to be healthy. Because yeah. remember, they're still tampering with our food, exactly. and they're trying to produce I, yeah. super food yeah. 
and it's not mm-hmm. really for us, I found out. Believe it or not, they're saying that there's uh, alien life forces on this planet. They're trying to literally uh, create things, even the corn and the crops and things, to accommodate them. This is mm. some weird stuff going on. <laughs> I was like, God, holy mackerel. Yeah. So we got to really read more, and that's what I'm I'm uh, trying to do, just promote literacy in every mm-hmm. vein that I find myself in, because if we don't read, we're going to be in the dark in this exactly. next uh, millennium. Yep, we have to read. And they're counting on that. They're counting on dumbing down the curriculum and closing mm-hmm. our schools in the inner cities so that our children will be set up to a disadvantage and they mm-hmm. won't be able to survive the apocalypse. So it's our duty to educate, motivate, inspire, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. keep them reading. Yes, <laughs> I, that you know that's what I am an interventionist, mm-hmm. reading, reading, and math. Mm-hmm. And um, girl, child, you don't want to be in my class, because honey, I they they gonna read. Mm-hmm. I, I even the ones even the ones with behavior problems. Okay. I see. This was my first. This was my first um, year with them, and the ones with behavior problems. They were listening to the classes conducted because she sometimes they had to be isolated. Mm-hmm. One got a book. One got a book, friend, and he came up to me, and he says, "I want to read for you," and the boy could read. He had been mm. deemed that he could not read and blah, 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 and so forth and so on. The boy could read. The boy could read. He just has behavior problems. And so mm-hmm. I, 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 what, I had a couple of them like that, and I would make them put their hands flat on the desk and tell them, I would direct them with my voice to let the energy go out, let the energy go out of right, right. into the into the desk, let it go mm. out, you know. Mm. And I got one one little girl calm down. I absolutely mm-hmm. got the other one couldn't speak English very well. Um, in fact she had just come from Cuba a few months ago. Wow. And she finally got she she knew who I was, Miss Shaw. And when I would take her to the computer lab I don't know how this little girl knew this work, but this little girl knew this work, but she could speak no English. Mm-hmm. She got the work right, but she could speak no That's English. And it's it's amazing. It's amazing. So, so I, you I'm were getting, able to reach beyond the uh, language barrier. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't speak no Spanish, and I and I and I I mean a little bit, you know. But not enough to have a conversation with her. Right, right. But but you know in certain. But love, ways. I really think love is that universal spirit. Mm. You know mm. that universal language, and if you have love, you find a way to connect mm-hmm. with those persons. They may not speak the same language, but you will make that connection. That's vital. Mm. I did, I did. Yeah. She jumps, she jumps up and down. She's so happy, and mm. claps her hands, and you know. When she when we connect mm-hmm. uh, visually, and she knows that I know that she knows, it's almost like a see, I know, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it's just it was amazing. It was amazing, and she called my name. She would say my name. Mm. Um, um, in, in the beginning, she 
there was nothing. She was totally Spanish. Mm-hmm. I'm like, girl, I don't know what you <laughs> say. Right. No comprende. I don't know. And mm-hmm. so when I, when I got her to math, I said, count in Spanish. And I look at her. I said, look at me. Look at my eyes. Count in Spanish. And she started doing it. She went right to the screen. Uno, dos, cuatro, cinco. I'm like, oh, my God. Look at this. Oh, my God. And she and, and she would, would, you know, you have to put the, the arrow on the right answer. The girl got the right answer. Couldn't speak no English. I was able to just give her the key. Mm-hmm. You know, the math, I'm, I'm able to give the kids the key uh, right. to, be able, to be able to count, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they was doing before I got there, I, you know. These kids huh. were totally blank, you know. Oh. But anyway, y'all please put those mm-hmm. uh, those health nuggets in oh. my box so I can get them to me. Yes. And Queens of Port, do you have Lady of Love? Link. Yes. We're uh, yes. we're friends. Good. Yes. Good. Yeah. Yes. I was gonna say I'll send it to you, but mm-hmm. we're friends. Yeah. Wonderful. Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll just get Keep going. Praying. Keep praying. Yeah. Keep Correspondence. Praying. We get information. We'll just inbox each other. With Lady of Love, you're always doing. I appreciate that. And I, in turn, will do the same as I get information, even about marketing. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that's helpful. I want to share, I'm going to inbox you a link to this person. Queen Zipporah um, introduced me to her, uh, Deborah Smart, mm-hmm. and she is on Facebook. She's a publisher, a literary agent, and she's a good consultant. Mm-hmm. If you have any questions about marketing and promoting a book, mm-hmm. or even if you have a book you want to do a revised edition to, um, okay. She's a good person to correspond with, so I'm going to make sure I provide you with her information in your inbox. All right. Mhm. Makes sense. I'm, just, I'm being uh, quiet because I was going in my son's room, and I don't want him to get up and start no sermonette tonight. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, ladies. God bless All you. All right. Well, peace and blessings, and just check your inbox. I know I'm going to send it to you right away. Mm -hmm. I sent you the link about Dark Tower to visit, and I'm going to send you the link of uh, Deborah Smart. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sounds like that'll be in your inbox. I appreciate it. You are welcome. That's what we're here for. You know, this program, (laughs) if we can't uh, provide inspiration, if we cannot provide information, what are we here for? You know, I'm like, why are we even on the radio? On the air. Exactly. What a bunch of foolishness. We don't need right. that. We got enough buffoonery going on. Yeah. Um, you know, we got more than we should have had to endure. You know. That's our, our people are suffering. Mm-hmm. Our, people, yeah. our people are absolutely suffering from stupidity. You know. Yeah. Um, Mm. Being dumbed down, you know, sheeple walking around, you know, um, head bowed. Mm-hmm. They don't know a from a bullfrog. Mm. Yeah, and they're, and they're not trying to figure any find anything out. They're they're 
they're rooted in in um, religion, which has mm-hmm. held them back, which has held them back, and they refuse to see the light. Right. That's true. A lot are in the closet mm-hmm. or they, they They refuse to see the truth, mm-hmm. you know. They want to continue because the pastor said, you know, and the pastor said he's taking the offering plate and putting it in his. Yeah. Well, listen, it's been great. We definitely must um, stay in connection, ladies, because there's a lot. Um, I know we're scheduled to have Lady of Love on. Yes, we have her scheduled for August 22nd. And we're going to discuss her published book, Walking in the Spirit, correct? Yes. And you guys, yeah, please, 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 please share and and support my book. Support yes, my yes. book. Definitely going to. I'm going to make sure I have my copy uh, okay. very, very soon. Because right. I want to really get into that book during our discussion, during the interview, mm-hmm. get people really engaged. Because it's all about the spirit. It comes out of the spirit first before it hits the natural. Mm-hmm. You're right. And when once you once you understand that, when you can understand how to operate in the universe and bring things to you. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I, it made me think of the woman. She's the author of um, the Law of Attraction. Mm-hmm. She has a couple of books out. I was sharing um, with someone about her books, but it's all based on the universal laws and the biblical principles mm-hmm. of sowing and reaping, mm-hmm. and as a man thinketh, so is he. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those truths are profound wisdom, and a lot of times people, you know, they overlook mm-hmm. those pearls of wisdom, and those are the keys. Those are keys. Mm-hmm. Solomon. I agree. Solomon's whole trail. Solomon's whole trail. I don't know if we say if we should say minus the seven hundred wives. You know, I don't know. And some other stuff he was in. <laughs> Three hundred. <laughs> you got the cabal and all that. That really came out of him. You know, with that star, they call it the star of David. David ain't had nothing to do with that star. That was that Solomon. Was used for when you when you summon spirits up, mm-hmm. and that's supposed to keep them inside that circle. Mm-hmm. And it's the connecting of the two worlds, the spirit and the spirit. physical. But see, a lot of people don't realize he was a like you would say a master witch too. Mm-hmm. A lot of his wives, they were witches, and he learned a lot of things um, from them. Mm-hmm. Now okay. all of them worshipped the uh, same uh, god that he did. So you know when he, when he had. Married them, he took on those other practices and spirits and things. So he did. There was a certain wisdom of this world that he had, too. And he did, um, uh, you know, have a lot of it of how to uh, manipulate uh, alchemy and how to manipulate spiritually uh, uh, spirits and, and govern them. He had a ring that he wore. Mm-hmm. And he was able to control certain entities. They even said the jinn, mm-hmm. uh, which people that are um, 
Muslims are very familiar with the jinn, you know, mm-hmm. it speaks of that in the Quran. But it was a lot of things that Solomon was um, a master of. Everything wasn't good. So you got to no. know, too, even when you study, like a lot of people say, I want to be as wise as him. Or I want to No, be yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Be who you were born to be. be. Yes. And know that there's good and bad in everyone and try right. to uh, root out what's good, and that's what you admire or you pattern your life after. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you have to be careful because some of them, you know, they did some great things, but also some of them did some not-so-good things, and we don't want to uh, not be aware of some things, too. There's things we should avoid. Spiritually, too. Don't open yourself to everything. Don't open your soul to everything. Everything, right. And um, be careful, because, like, a lot of people, they don't know the origin of that star, and they right away equate it to David, but, no, it didn't come about during David at all. That was from Solomon and during the time when he was involved in a lot of the occult or the dark arts. Did you see Green Pastures? Wait a minute. Green pa- Green Acre, Green yeah. Pastures. Um, all right, bye. I'm signing off. This all right. The fourth all right. Good night. Okay. Good have night. Have a good night. Queen. Yeah. You know right. what? It I'm gonna have some looking at yeah. time, but we're gonna talk more at another time because I know now I have to shut down because I get up early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, I'm, it's been a really good night. I appreciate you calling in, uh, Lady mm-hmm. Eleven. We'll get to that discussion another time when we have okay. more time to do it. Okay. But thank you for your contribution. I didn't mean to, to take up, was beautiful. Take up your time. I didn't mean to take your time up, you know. Mm-hmm. No problem. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And before we go off the air, I always have um, some information. Next week we're going to have an artist by the name of Terrell Kevin Johnson on our show. He has an exhibit that is now running locally in the city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. is the state, and he's going to be our feature artist in the spotlight. He's going to be discussing his exhibit, his art exhibit show, and uh, discussing the kinds of art and the types of mediums that he uses in the art work that is being exhibited. So please tune in on Tuesday, July the 18th, same network. This is, of course, the TalkShoe.com server, and we'll be coming to you again live 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. And a big shout-out of thanks to our muse, the inspiration on the Exceptional School Show. He's also a co-host. Uh, Donaldson full time. He's the one that does all the music, and he gives us a lot of commentary, good commentary. Basically, a lot of information regarding legal dogma and the law, because it's important that we know the law, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure that you're disciplining yourself every week and giving yourself something that is a legal document in this nation and or in the world, globally speaking, uh, to reference and to read Delhi. And the U.S. Constitution is one everyone needs to read quite often because there's a lot in it, a lot that doesn't always get uh, discussed publicly and in a lot of public forums as often 
or as much as it should. And the more that we know, the better off we will be. So I want to say good night to all. And the song for the end of our show is by Tracy Chapman talking about a revolution. Don't you know we're talking about a revolution as well as 
musically and artistically speaking. And we look forward to next week's show. Don't forget to tune in, episode 172. We will have Terrell Kevin Johnson in the spotlight. He will be discussing his exhibit. Don't miss it. He is an artist, a master, teacher, and artist. So you want to tune in and have your notepads ready or iPads ready or tablets ready so you can take good notes because you will get a lot of good information. Thank you, everyone, who partook in tonight's show, every participant, whether you are a listener or a contributor who called in or joined in the chat room and provided reference links, information, information rules the nation. Very important to share. If we share, we empower, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about sharing knowledge, of course. Uh, Good night to most. Good morning to others. And uh, peace and blessings to all. Thank you, everyone, for your love and support. And let's do this again next Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the TalkShoe.com server. And, yes, this is the Exceptional Scribble Show. And I am your host, Sage, the poet. Good night.